another episode of the planet fantasy podcast this planet is inhabited with fantasy drafts of our favorite properties and characters fantasy cast of dream movies hunger games award shows and anything else we deem to be a part of our vibe on this planet fantasy rules hello i am one of your hosts and binger of the cosmos damon and with me is my better half the soup slut himself kyle how's it going man that's me the soup slut how are you my friend I am doing good. It is a. It's a, been a long day. I'm ready to talk about what's I've been binging for the last few weeks. It feels like it's been forever. Um, do you got anything you wanted to recommend at the people at home that you've been watching or reading anything uh, recently? Uh, yeah, I. It's finally, it's great to be here. Like at the end of a, a it feels like a years long binge. So I, that's all I can think of right now is just the MCU. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and recommend the MCU to people because if they're listening to this episode, they're probably fans of the MCU. Um, <laughs> other than that, though, um, Barry is still probably the best show on TV right now. I highly recommend it. As we're recording this, the new episode is dropping tonight, which I'm very excited about. It's been a really, really intense season. I am just really ready to see what happens in that episode because I feel like literally anything can happen and that's why i love that show um i just jumped back onto my favorite anime my hero academia season five uh it's available sub and dub on hulu now and it's essentially uh the anime version of the mcu kind of you got superheroes and superhero academy and people learning their powers and limits uh it's it's a lot of fun so if you like anime at all i definitely recommend that one um but also with us today on producing duties, our producer and friend, Anna H. And the H is for Hell Hydra. Anna, you got any recs for the people at home? Yes. So the new Game of Thrones spinoff is coming at the end of summer. So I would recommend if reading is your thing, start reading Fire and Blood. Because that's over a 700-page novel. <laughs> and you know it's going to take people some time. So definitely get started on it sooner the better. That is very true, because we are definitely going to be covering that show. Um, and I'm in, excited for another Damon and pop culture. Gotta love it. Uh, we also have two great friends with us today, friends of the pod and fellow Avengers. Ryan and Morgan, how's it going, guys? It's good. It's, good well, it's better than good the rest day. of the days have been this last week, so yay. <laughs> That's all you can hope for. Um, it's good to see y'all. And um, I think it's, uh, are y'all, y'all ready? We can dive into this uh, Effies, huh? Uh, what do we have for the people today, Kyle? What are we doing? That's right. You've heard the Effies for phase one. You've heard them for phase two. We are closing out our journey through the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe with our Effies for phase three. Part of the journey is the end. This is our, our closing chapter. Um, 
obviously we're going to keep doing epis for current mcu projects but honestly this has been a really fun kind of like retrospective and look back at what came first uh yeah so this is the biggest one yet uh the phase three covers 11 movies um it's gonna be a lot we have 11 awards that was not planned we just wanted an extra award for shits and giggles i guess uh <laughs> So, yeah, as always, let's just kick things off with, like, some general thoughts on this phase of the MCU. Ryan, what were some of your thoughts on Phase 3? Yeah, uh, I love it. Um, it's, you know, no no shade to, to Phase 1 and Phase 2. Like, they were important um, building blocks, and there's a lot of great films in there. But I, I feel like Phase 3 is where uh, Marvel really hit their stride and um, just, just set out banger after banger. And um, it was, <laughs> it's a long rewatch because phase three is long, but um, there's a lot of great movies and I had fun doing it. So. Very nice. Morgan, what were some of your thoughts on, on phase three on this rewatch? First time watch, right? Uh, no. Ha! Hilarious. <laughs> no, obviously a long time fan, first time caller. Um, no, I... Obviously, I've seen it many, many times. Um, I, I'm the person who cries at Endgame every time. Every time. Every time. It will never change for me. And I'm fine with that. Um, I love it. So I would say um, I actually noticed some things I had never noticed before. It's one of the things I love about the Marvel movies is there's always something new that you didn't see before. Um, or almost always, uh, I thought they really did a great job on phase three. And the big question of phase three was, were they going to be able to land it? Were they going to be able to bring it home in Endgame with so many characters involved? And how were they going to do that? And how was it going to look? You know, were they going to shift the bed? I think they didn't. They 1,000% knocked it out of the park. I don't know anybody uh, who enjoys the MPU that did not love the series as a whole, but phase three specifically and how they, they, they brought it home. So yeah, of course there are, there are plot holes in some things, but I just feel like with these things or, or when people are like, Oh, that's unbelievable. And I'm like, yeah, we're talking about superheroes though. So we can check like reality at the door. Very well put. I mean, these are movies that involve, you know, a talking raccoon and and shit like that. I mean, I, yeah, there's suspension of disbelief that's certainly involved. Uh, Damon, what were some of your thoughts on on this phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to kind of rehash what everyone else said. This was definitely, I think, their most successful phase. It had the most on its shoulders also. I mean, each phase was met with this big high expectation um, once you start started realizing the phase one was a phase, you're like, okay, is the Avengers actually going to happen? And is it going to work out? And it did. And then it set that bar up. And then phase two happens. And what some people would say was maybe even a stumble with Age of Ultron, but we we like it here. We are a pro Age of Ultron pod. Uh, no slander. And I think really, regardless of maybe some of the missteps in phase two, it's it showed just how strong of a property and franchise it was throughout throughout that. And as soon as it entered into phase three, they just kind of kicked it into high gear. We really get the breakup of, of the Avengers. We get the introduction of so many other important characters. We get Black Panther. We get Spider-Man finally in the MCU. Um, 
we we get to see Doctor Strange and and then how they get to play a part in in Phase Three. Really, they all play very important parts, and so for them to have to be introduced and then become just as important as everyone else, or to to at least to that extent, was so impressive. And I, I really do think they did it for the most part on every level. And it was, I mean, Infinity War and Endgame were just fantastic. Um, with whatever flaws you may see that they have, I don't think Infinity War has many. Endgame, yes, but I still love that movie so much. I just think it was such an experience that we all kind of went through together. And I think, you know, when we're going to be talking about it more in, in detail, it's you're going to hear just how much we really love this phase. So, big fan. All right, I love it. Yeah, um, y'all put it very perfectly, so I'm not going to waste too much time on rehashing thoughts. I think we should just get into some awards. Y'all ready? Let's do it. Yep. All right. And here are the nominees for the SNAP Award. That's right, the SNAP Award. This this uh, episode's version of the Wallflower Award, named by our very good friend Morgan herself. Uh, let's kick it off. Um, Morgan, you have the honors. What are your, what's your nominee for the Wallflower Award? Okay, so this might be, well, might be a little off the wall, but I firmly believe that this award should go to the Red Skull. <laughs> and here's why. So if we go back to phase one, Cap the First Avenger, we see Red Skull disappear. Some people thought he was dead. I thought it was pretty clear that he had traveled um, across the, the universe because the Tesseract is the space. You know. um, and you can see it in the, like above that he's traveled. So I assumed he would be coming back. I wanted to see this come back, I, you know, especially when we find out that Hydra was resurrected after he left um, or that it never really died. Um, I really wanted to see more of that. And all we get is him as this floating red guy that Cap never knows exists in Infinity War and Endgame. And I just, I wanted a more of a payoff. I wanted, I wanted Cap to see Red Skull. I wanted to see this, or at least to know. The only mention we hear of it after, other than those interactions, is when Clint Barton says, the floating red guy, you go talk to him. But when they're trying to figure out why they can't bring um, Natasha back. I just didn't feel like we got enough of that. I wanted more payoff from the first Avenger. Um, and that's who I think uh, was left wanting in screen time and story. All right. Not at all what I expected to be the first nominee for this award. And that's why I love it. That's why I love the, the way these awards can go. Uh, Ryan, who is yeah. your nominee for the Wallflower Award? Yeah, um, there there were a lot of um, challenging uh, categories um, and choices to pick for uh, these awards. This one for me actually wasn't. I thought there was a clear one, um, and that's uh, Mbaku. I, I thought um, he, along with um, uh, Leticia Wright and a couple other people, are like the clear breakout stars in one of the best movies in the Phase 3, Black Panther, and... I just think he crushes it in like every line that he gets in that movie. 
Um, he is technically in three of the movies, so he doesn't say anything in Endgame. You just see him fight a few times. But yeah, I just think um, he's a rising star. Uh, you can see that in some of the parts that he's gotten since uh, the Black Panther movie. And I just thought he's really magnetic when he's on screen. And I would love to see more of him and, and hope we do get to see more of him when the next Black Panther movie comes out. I love it. Uh, Damon, who is your nominee for the Wallflower Award? All right, yes. So my nominee is going to also be from the Black Panther movie. Um, that may be a running theme. We shall see. But my guy is going to be Andy Serkis as Ulysses Claw. Okay, what I like to call the Phantom villain of, of Black Panther. Um, I love when you get Andy Serkis to do kind of roles like this. And he, he's really playful and fun. You, you, the chemistry with Michael B. Jordan, I thought, was really great. And the swerve of, of him just kind of being there so so Killmonger could take advantage of him and, and use him as a way to get in into Wakanda was was great. But, you know, maybe, maybe they don't kill him. Maybe he just took him prisoner instead, and we somehow get Claw escaped, maybe during Infinity War or something. And he's he's there to fight another day and we get more claw because more Andy Circus, I think is always a win for everybody. And, and what little we saw of him, I thought he was, he was great. So that's my mom. All right, man. Uh, y'all are making me feel bad. Cause like a lot, a lot of my noms are pretty heavy hitters where major players in the other phases and then just kind of relegated to smaller roles in phase three. Um, Okay, I'm torn between two. I think I'm going to go with... Yeah. I'm going to go with someone who has been around since basically the beginning of the MCU, 2010. Um, She's a core Avenger, and I think she's just absolutely underserved in Phase 3 in particular, and that is Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow. Um, And I say this knowing that we got her own movie, in phase four and not when it should have been released in phase three we were talking about this off pod in our group chat uh again she's a core avenger founding member she's been around since the beginning so i get why this would be a weird nom but i think that black widow was kind of fucked over in this phase um if you look at you know the first movie of the phase in civil war she kind of plays both sides isn't really giving it given anything to, to do in the movie though she has some kind of fun quips with Black Panther and then like again plays both sides and ends up helping cap out at the last minute it's a great moment um otherwise kind of relegated to the side Infinity War she is in the movie it's about is all I can say (laughs) she really isn't given anything to do in that um and then of course Endgame you know maybe one of the more controversial decisions in the entire MCU is killing her instead of Clint and I love both characters. I'm not someone who hates Clint uh, uh, Barton. I, I like Hawkeye a lot. Um, I'm glad we got the Hawkeye show. But between those two characters, it's pretty clear, I think, that they shouldn't have killed off the only female core member of the team. I think that's kind of a tough look. Um, and so, yeah, I just like the entire phase as I was rewatching, knowing that she's a core member of the team, a founding member, uh, has like connecting relationships to all of these different characters. It just like left a bad taste in my mouth the way that she her character was handled. And especially in Endgame, because she gives a phenomenal performance in Endgame, even before her death scene. Like she I love the way she's kind of the person who's trying to keep the team together, even as people have gone away. 
and you can see like the grief and the trauma and she plays it so well and then she's just killed off and even you know I, I understand the point of that funeral at the end of Endgame is that it's Iron Man I get that he's like the founding member of the Avengers but we don't even get a mention of like her death we get the really small scene with uh, with Clint and Wanda and that's it and I just it just felt like she was really underserved through that throughout the entire phase um so yeah but my nom is uh Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow uh Man, four great noms. We've got Ross Marquand as Red Skull. We've got uh, Winston Duke as M'Baku, Andy Serkis as Ulysses Claw, and Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. Great noms. Where are we leaning, though? Morgan, who, who's getting your vote? Okay, well, let me talk about all the nominations, real quick, the, other, the ones I didn't make, uh, just to address them. One, uh, well, first, M'Baku. Winston Duke is a smoke show. Like, that man is gorgeous, and I would love to see more of him anywhere. But I also think that he was introduced so late in Phase 3 that it wouldn't make sense to have that much more for him to do in Phase 3, but maybe I would love to see more of him in Phase 4. I just didn't see where it would have made sense story-wise to have more of him in phase three because again like he's introduced early in black panther but then he kind of goes away until they need his help um i love the character i would like again love to see more of that uh but uh i i just i don't know anyway <laughs> um what let's see what andy circus um he gets killed in black panther i understand what you're saying um, about how maybe it didn't happen because they unkill people, but they made it pretty clear he was dead. And that's where, you know, once they make it clear someone's dead, then they're dead. Now, do I agree with that decision? No, I don't. I agree. They probably shouldn't have just killed him off like that. Like, we need him on the board. It would have been great to see him on the board. Uh, Natasha, uh, I agree. She was totally uh, screwed. <laughs> Um, Black Widow movie should have been released between Infinity War and Endgame. It should have been filmed and released between those two movies because that's where it takes place time-wise. It doesn't make sense that they waited so long to film it. And then it kind of got screwed by being just released in Disney+. And trust me, I love being able to watch movies at home, but it did kind of screw the movie a little bit. So um, I, I, I really liked that movie. I think there are a lot of people who don't, and I don't really understand that, but for whatever it's worth, um, I agree on that one. Um, it's a it's a tough choice. I really like my Red Skull choice because I really wanted to see that, but I think I'm gonna take my vote with uh, Natasha because I agree that she was underserved as a core member of the Avengers, and although she did get um, her own movie eventually, it was way too late and in the wrong order. And also, they, I mean, I understood the decision um, for her to die instead of Clint. Um, and I, I still think it made sense story-wise. And I understand, but I feel like those were Natasha's motivations was to save Clint because he has kids and she doesn't. And I know a lot of people think that that's not fair. And I agree. I don't have kids. so I. But I also know and I was put in that position between saving someone with kids or myself, I would save the person who has kids. Because I don't have anybody I have to take care of. So I get that decision. Um, but I took it as more, that's her character. Um, not, 
necessarily the other way around. But Clint's kind of garbage, so I'd be all right with that too. So there's my vote. All right, that's one vote. Uh, one vote for Nat. Uh, Ryan, where's your vote landing? What do you think about these noms? Uh, yeah, um, we we have a, a section of great noms. Um, Red Skull is one I didn't even think of, but I think Morgan made a really good case for him and for why uh, we could have used more of him uh, in Phase Three. Um, same with uh, with Damon and Claw. He's just such a, a fun and ridiculous character. Um, and yeah, would have. I mean, there's so much going on in Black Panther, but it would have been cool if there was more of him. Natasha is is a great choice. Um, I, I will say uh, in Infinity War that her hair looks great, and um, she's in a couple really great fights. So those are um, some highlights for me that I might bring up later. But yeah, agree uh, totally. She was definitely underserved um, throughout really all of her time in the MCU, but specifically in uh, this phase. Um, I, I think I'm still going to go with my choice of M'Baku, um, but they're all really good choices, and I, I definitely almost picked Scarlet, so. All right, one vote for Nat, one vote for M'Baku. Damon, where's your vote going? Mm, that's a tough one. Um, I think Claw Cla and Red Skull are kind of both in the same boat. Just, just villains that I think we should have gotten more of. Um, and I, I do like what they did with both of their stories, but but I think Red Skull could have just been something more, more so. I mean, he's Red Skull. He's pretty much the biggest Captain America villain that we have. And while he was great in First Avenger, I, I, I think we could have gotten something else there with that character other than just the Vormir uh, tie-in. Uh, and I you know, heard what I saw, what I think about Claw. Uh, Claw. And then Winston Duke as M'Baku, I think, was definitely one of the most enjoyable parts of Black Panther. Um, he was very magnetic on the screen. When you saw him in the fight between him and T'Challa, was really great. Just well choreographed. That might be my favorite fight of the movie, to be honest. And it really, you want to know more about M'Baku. And, and so, like, he goes away, and when he comes back, you see clearly, like, they are a force to be reckoned with. At least someone that that Okoye in them would, would think to trust. And so it would have been nice to have a little bit more development with M'Baku, even in Black Panther, just just so we know why they trust him so much, or at least more so than anyone else in the situation. Um, of course, Nat. I, I adore Nat and the MCU. Um, not my favorite introduction of a character, but I think the the work in the middle was with um, her chemistry with Cap, I think it's one of my favorite parts of Winter Soldier. And she's just really underrated, I think, in the MCU. And really, Kyle, you, you touched on something I never really thought about, but yeah, she is just really underserved in Phase 3. They don't do too much with her character. They kind of dial her back as soon as Civil War happens. Hey, y'all, welcome back from break. And surprise, we've been joined by a variant of Damon. Damon's been lost in the quantum realm, or the negative zone, or his laundry room. Who knows? But a variant of his has joined the chat, and that is Anna H. How are you, Anna? Oh, I'm just doing swimmingly. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Miss Minutes. What did you do with my Damon? <laughs> you don't want to know. It's revenge for the episode for next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little, little spoiler, little tease for next week. Ooh, it was rough. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so we are going to be moving forward. Uh, Damon's picks will be represented by his lovely variant. Um, for now, we are on a bit of a cliffhanger. We're getting a vote for the first award, the Wallflower. What is that vote? It's not, obviously. Like, there's, like, listen, all of these picks were fantastic nominations. But the clear winner is Nat, considering how dirty she was done. I, I mean, Morgan hit the nail pretty much on the head, right? Because when you think about it, they did this huge buildup. And then she barely gets a mention at the funeral. Like, come on, really? Disrespectful. It's Nat all the way. All right, that's two votes for Nat, one for Mbaku. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna stick with Nat. I, I do want to shout out the rest of the noms though, because I, yeah, like I said, I love the I love the pick for Red Skull just because like even in the comics when in the Winter Soldier comics and stuff, he does make an appearance again. He comes back into the fold um, in a different way. So I think that would have been kind of curious to see maybe he pulling some strings behind Civil War, or I don't know. It would have been interesting. I don't know where they would have fit him in, but it would have been curious to see how they brought Red School back. Um, and Baku is just an absolute joy. Like I just fucking love that character. Uh, I'm really excited to see you know his role in uh, Wakanda Forever. I assume it's going to be a big one if they're smart. I mean, if they know what they have <laughs> with Winston Duke. Um, and then Claw, same thing. Like, I, I totally get uh, Damon's nom for that just because he is such a fun, over-the-top villain. I love what Phase 3 does with the villains. Um, I think Phase 3, we didn't mention this at the top, but I think Phase 3 is really where the MCU started to correct their villain problem because the villains are great across the board, and they are either one of two things. They're really compelling to the point where they're not even villains, or they're just really cheesy over the top, but, like, the actors are having the time of their lives. And I think that's what Claw was. Like, Andy Serkis just seemed to ha have so much fun as this horrible person <laughs> um so he was great i loved him but i yeah i gotta stay with that because you know of all the reasons i said and and you know what anna and morgan said and i just think that he, you know she is just a core member she is a founding member of the avengers she's been around since the beginning um and going into endgame you assume she's gonna be, be playing a big role and she kind of does but again she's just really underserved at that that moment and I, I feel like she just could have been given so much more to do um especially in those two movies in infinity war and in game in particular um yeah so that's that's a dub for our girl scarlett johansson as black widow and the winner for the snap award is natasha romanoff and now for the mad titan award that's right, the Mad Titan Award. This is our version of the class bully, best villain. We just mentioned there's a lot of great villains in this phase. So Ryan, kick us off. Who's your nominee for the class bully? Ooh, yeah, uh, this one is a hard one. Um, and uh, I, I promise my nominees are not all Black Panther related, but I am gonna go for Killmonger on this one. Um, I think Michael B. Jordan just gives such an electric performance um, and I think he straddles the line between um, having some good points and making like a fundamental change on the protagonist in a story as well as the overall um, universe while at the same time being wrong and clearly like going over the line. And um, I just think it's just a great performance of both acted and written. Um, and so, yeah, that 
is my choice. All right, one vote for the sexiest man alive, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Morgan, who's your nominee for the class bully? Okay, so you guys are gonna love this pick. <laughs> my class bully is another than Anthony Iron Man Stark. <laughs> That's right, in Civil War. He can find Wanda without telling her and without her consent. He tried to bully everyone into signing the Sokovia Accords that were his fault. He said to Cap, sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. He's a freaking hypocrite. He brought, <laughs> oh my God, like it's ridiculous. He brought an Iron Man hand with him, but was criticizing everybody else for using superpowers in Civil War. What in the actual, what? Like, I don't understand. He uses an unregistered kid saying the Scovia Accords are so important, but then he brings in Spider-Man without telling anybody who he is and without registering him. I'm sorry, isn't that a violation of the Accords? Mr. They're so important and you should sign? No, no, he is a jerk. Anthony Stark is a jerk. Yeah, he had one redeeming moment in pretty much the entire MCU, and that he died for everybody else. Every other time, he's been a bully. He's a jerk. And that is my final word on that. You heard it here first. Tony Stark is a jerk. Uh, let's go to Anna. What is your nominee for the class bully? Um, I just want to touch on <laughs> Morgan's nominee real quick. This is why Morgan and I are friends, is because she and I vibe on the Tony Stark thing. Um, okay. Work. So, as the Damon variant, our nomination is obviously Thanos. You can't really talk about Phase 3 without addressing him. Um, some people would argue that he was right, and it was just poor execution. I just think he's kind of an asshole well not kind of he is an asshole right he sacrificed his own daughter what the hell's wrong with you my guy i mean throwing your kid off a cliff and snapping away half the universe like shame on you and that's really what the mcu built up to in infinity war and endgame so we can't really have the mad titan award without talking about thanos so um clearly if you're listening to this pod you've you've heard about Thanos, so I'm not gonna go too far into it. Nom for Thanos, love it. Uh so yeah, uh Killmonger and Thanos are my first two noms. So I'm gonna go with one. Um Ryan's gonna appreciate this. I know he's a well Ryan and Anna are both big fans of this movie, I'm assuming Morgan is as, as well. Uh on the rewatch of phase three, there's one movie in particular that I well, I can't say that I love it yet. I have warmed to it more on each rewatch, and that is Thor Ragnarok. One thing I loved about it, though, from the very first time I saw it in 2017 was Kate Blanchett as Hela. Um, I mean, for a franchise that is full of just stupidly attractive people, Kate Blanchett just takes it to another level, um, and that's just her and everything. Yeah, she's the queen. Uh, she... Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have not been shy on this podcast about our types, and my type has always been that Bellatrix Lestrange, please step on my throat and kill me. Um, and that that's just Kate Blanchett as hella. Like, that's her to a T. Uh, I remember, si I vividly remember sitting in the theater, seeing her show up, being so excited about the way they were going to handle the character, and she fucking crushes it. Um, I love the connection to Odin and to Thor. 
makes it really personal in a way that his villains weren't before. I mean, obviously Loki is his brother and that's always been a personal thing, but by the time Ragnarok came out, obviously Loki as a villain was done so much that we wanted more. And so you bring in, you know, his, his sister that he never knew he had. And basically a sister who believes she has this right to Asgard, but is like super sadistic, sinister villain. I love it. I, I think she plays it incredibly well. Um, in a movie that has a lot going on, I think she ends up being, you know, the, the standout and the MVP. And that, I know that's saying a lot because I know people love Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. I do too. Um, but I think that, yeah, Hela is, she, she comes on the scene, is charismatic as hell, is hot as hell, and then just like steals every scene that she's in. And like, I just, that's a testament to all the stuff going on in that movie. Um, so that's my nom. We've got a nom for Tony Stark, we've got a nom for Killmonger, a nom for Thanos, and a nom for Hela. Ryan, where are you leaning towards? What do you think of these noms? Uh, these noms are all great. Um, I did real quick want to give a shout out to uh, Ego from Guardians 2 and Vulture from Homecoming. Uh, they were on my list and they just missed the cut, but I, I think their performances are, are really good and um, the the level of the villains in phase three is part of why it's so good. Um, as to the other noms, um, obviously Thanos was you know, an obvious choice. Um, he is just a, a force of nature in those movies. Um, Hela is just um, incredible. And uh, yeah, um, Kyle mentioned, right. I'm, I'm a big Ragnarok stan. And I just think Kate Blanchett just absolutely crushes it as that. Um Again, Morgan with a nominee that I did not see coming, but I absolutely love it. And um, she makes some really good points about Tony Stark, and I, I do not argue against any of them. Um, I'm going to go with Thanos. Um, I think he's just um, he's just so magnetic when he's on the screen. Um, the Infinity War and Endgame works so well because Thanos works so well uh, in large part. And um, I, I think he's he's just, for me, he's the clear choice, but the other nominees are good too. So yeah, I'm going to go with Thanos. All right, that's one nom for the thick boy Thanos. Uh, Morgan, who is your nom for, I mean, sorry, who's your vote for the class bully? Okay, so before I make my vote, I also want to oh, shout out to that little fucker Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, fucker. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Sorry, I wasn't sure if I was allowed to say that on this show. But yeah, Thunderbolt Ross, that son of a bitch. Like, he's a total piece of shit, too. And I love that he and Tony have a dick measuring contest because they're both assholes. So, I mean, it makes total sense that they hate each other. But, okay, I'm sticking with my vote for Tony Stark because he is really trash. So let's look at the timeline. He invents Ultron, which causes the destruction of Sokovia, which essentially is what caused the Sokovia Accords. Again, they're named after Sokovia. Um, and then he, he takes the wrong side. <laughs> and then he takes the wrong side and uh, he bullies everyone into trying to sign those damn accords. But then he breaks them immediately. Immediately. And does things he's not supposed to do. and Brings in a kid who's unregistered. And then in Endgame, he gets mad at Cap and says, you said we'd lose together, but you weren't there. Where were you? Well, you know where he was? He was on Earth because you didn't call him. 
You didn't call him. You didn't want to have anything to do with him until you needed him. And then you pull out the little flip phone and you can't be bothered to press a button. No, 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 no. You can't say shit like that to my man, Mr. Captain America. I don't think so. You're a jerk. Uh, He has just, I I think he's the ultimate villain of MCU. Even though, a phase three, even though I know that it's supposed to be Thanos. But I think that Thanos is the overarching um, villain of the entire Infinity Saga. But in phase three... Tony Stark is his own worst enemy and everyone else's worst enemy if you disagree with him. And that's why I got to stick with Tony. Um, Killmonger is amazing and I didn't like that they let him die. I really felt they should have done something so we could see more of Killmonger. Because uh, he was a very compelling villain who had a obvious point. <laughs> obvious, like... You know, you can understand the point of view. Um, and I agree with Ryan that we should give a shout out to Vulture because Michael Keaton kills it in that role. And uh, he was my, one of my my second nomination in this category because he pretty much threatens a teenage boy that he's going to kill him <laughs> um, if he doesn't go like dance with his daughter, which is kind of fucked up in a lot of ways. So um, that's my vote. All right, one vote for Thanos, one vote for Tony Stark. Uh, Anna, what's getting your your nom? I'm sorry, your vote. So the obvious choice is Thanos, but I'm not going obvious this time. I am actually going to vote for Hela. I think Kate Blanchett's performance was phenomenal. Um, Killmonger is a very, very close second for me, but I think in terms of performance and actually how terrifying the villain is, like, Hella kind of scares the crap out of me, right? Like the rest of them, I'm like, yeah, okay. Like Thanos, you snapped away half the universe. Like that's not scary. Like when you see Hella walk on screen and then she pulls on the helmet, like, oh man, like you're quaking in your space boots, right? I just, she's bringing bad Galadriel vibes all up in the MCU. I'm here. I'm thriving for it. Um, Definitely Hella, but I, I agree with Morgan. Tony Stark is a piece of shit, and I I fully support her mission on this. <laughs> Great three way split. Uh, my favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, these are all really great noms. Um, I'm also I'm here for the anti Tony stuff. I I if we're just talking about the movie Civil War, he gets my vote hands down. Um, and I'm not like I, I'm someone who watches that movie, and I think that both sides have points. But I I, I love I think that's my favorite RDJ performance in Civil War because he just plays it so well as this guy who really believes he's right, and you're just screaming at the television the entire time like, no, this is not. You have to open your eyes to what's around you. Um, uh, yeah, but I love the I love the points that you made about him, um, Killmonger. I think that ultimately I just find him so compelling like beyond just villain he's just such a compelling character in general um it makes it frustrating because he makes such good points in the movie that they i feel like the writers felt like they had to make him do things in a drastic way towards the end so that we wouldn't so we wouldn't just side with them for the entire movie you know like i feel like they were like oh we're still making a superhero movie so we have to have a villain um, and it was frustrating because they did the same thing with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, 
Carly was trying to make a little too much sense and they near blew up a car. <laughs> like, it's just, it's frustrating. Um, I understand why they have to do it. But yeah, Ken Longer is just a deeply compelling character. And Ryan, I like what you said about him. Not only like having an impact on the story of the movie, but actually influencing the way the hero made decisions. T'Challa changes the way he does things because of his experience with Killmonger because of this confrontation that he had with Killmonger and it makes him con- confront a lot of his own like a lot of things that he's believed as a kid growing up in Wakanda I, I like that happened with Killmonger I think it's really great that's a good villain um and then of course Thanos like you know Morgan said he is the he is the big bad of the entire Infinity Saga so I feel like if he if he falls flat like the entire thing falls flat you know you have to have him be a convincing like menacing threat. And I feel like he does. Like he's one of the few MCU villains who who wins at least for one movie. You know, Infinity War. I'll never forget that moment of the theater. You got the snap. I mean, I remember just it being dead silent and being like, "Holy shit, he did!" <laughs> and the fact that the movie not only does that, but it ends on him sitting like peacefully at his farm. It's like, holy shit, this was the main character of the movie all, all along. Like, this was the guy who actually completed what he wanted to do in the movie. Um, one other one would be, we didn't mention him, but he I think he should get an honorable mention, Zemo in Civil War. Like, he, he actually does what he sets out to do. He breaks the Avengers up. Like, he doesn't maybe do as much damage as he wanted to do, considering they get that together pretty quickly. But, like, he, you know, he did what he wanted to do in the moment. Um so those are all really great noms. I think I'm going to go with Thanos just because, like I mentioned, like he had to he had to deliver for those movies to work as well as they did. And it's a testament to how well they handled his art, how shocked we were in Endgame in that opening thing when they kill him. Like it's in the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, Thor goes for the head and it's just like holy shit what are they what are they gonna do now that's the big bad of the MCU right and I, I love the way they bring him back but like I just think that Josh Brolin plays it with such pathos and so the, the moment where he you know he throws Gamora off like the cliff like you understand that that is like he actually does love her it's not that he's just sacrificing for for you know for nothing um so yeah I think he plays it really well that's gonna be my vote um we'll say that's good that gets the dub You know, I agree with Zemo. I just want to make a point that for some reason, I associate him more with phase four because of his dance moves. I just can't stop. That's totally fair because that lives rent free in my head. (laughs) On a loop. (laughs) And the winner for the Mad Titan Award is Thanos. And now it's time for the Avengers Assemble Award. That's right, Avengers Assemble. That's this episode's version of the best quote. A lot of great lines in really all of the MCU, but especially in Phase 3, I think they really came through with just a lot of great quotes and, and one-liners. Um, Anna slash Damon. Damon variant. Anna. Dana. Dana? Anna. What is your nominee for best quote? All right. So the first one is actually from Ant-Man and the Wasp, and it's said by scott what because of hats and sunglasses that's not a disguise hank we look like ourselves at a baseball game wow that's (laughs) not at all what i expected damn i was gonna pick that one (laughs) 
It was so meta. That's the beautiful thing about that is it's so meta because they try that yeah. in other movies. And they yeah. like caps running around in sunglasses and a baseball hat and Civil War. Like, it's not me. Yeah, that's oh my, oh my God, that's incredible. That's wow. That's a great pick. Um, did not expect that. <laughs> Ryan, what is your nominee for best quote? Oh. Yeah, I mean, this one's really tough, uh, especially since Anna picked the one I was going to do. Jeez. Um, okay, um, even though we've given him a lot of shit uh, in, in the last... Um, one and I think it's totally valid. Um, I do really love the line from Tony. Uh, Part of the journey is the end. Um, I, I think it's just a really great line. Um, it lands really well in the moment because you know it, it's a video recording for uh, his daughter and his family at the funeral. Um, I think it's a great bow tie for Phase Three. Um, while it's not the end of the MCU, uh, it, it was the end of the stories of a lot of the characters that we loved and. I just think it's a it's a really great short and sweet, but uh, a quote that really hits deeply for me. So I love it, uh, Morgan. What is your nominee for the best quote? Okay, so mine is a quote from Peggy Carter, as read by Sharon Carter in Civil War at her funeral. Compromise where you can, but where you can't, don't. Even if everyone is telling you that something is wrong, even if the whole world is telling you to move, it is your duty to plant yourself like a tree and say no. You move. I adore that quote so much. Um, it is the quintessential point of Captain America. Um his, and his evolution, he doesn't take orders anymore. Um, he, well, anyway, I'm sorry, I get emotional thinking about this stuff because I love that quote. Like, that's honestly kind of an ethos I've lived my life by. I, I do what's right, and I feel like I do what I believe is the right thing, and I don't care who tells me it's wrong, and I don't care what the consequences are, and that's what I do. And I think that's what we should all do. And I think that that is a very perfect quote from Peggy Carter, who is a, a, a fucking icon. She is amazing. And she is the only person who I would willingly concede Captain America to is Peggy Carter. Yeah, that was, oh man, that was my, my number one of the bullet. I mean, I have a bunch of like honorable mentions, uh, but that is just, so I'm a huge, huge fan of the Civil War comic as well. And that is pretty directly lifted from something Cap says in that comic. Um, you know, it's changed a bit because comics are obviously have a little bit more exaggerated language, but I, I just fucking love that. Like, I, even as on my rewatch when I rewatched Civil War, that just, scene just fucking hits because it just that so clearly defines what Cap goes through in that movie. Um, yeah, it's it's a perfect quote. Uh, so for my, I have like fifteen honorable mentions, and so now to pick from those. Uh, let's see. 
Okay, I'm going to go with one that I think also is just a really great defining quote for it, the movie that it's in. Um, and it comes from T'Chaka to uh, his son T'Challa in Black Panther. And he says, you're a good man with a good heart, and it's hard for a good man to be a good king. Um, and if that doesn't sum up, I mean, the entire point of that movie, I don't know what does. Um, T'Challa, it's pretty, like, it's not a spoiler to say we're going to be talking a lot more about it <laughs> in this episode. But I, mean, I think that, like, him coming onto the scene in Civil War is such a great introduction to him and his relationship with his father. And his father's death kind of defining his entry into this universe is this huge thing. And then going back to Black Panther, him trying to settle into this role as a king, something that he wasn't ready for. He didn't think he would have to be king right away. And then the, the scene that this is lifted from when he goes into the ancestral plane and is communicating with his father. And this is before he meets Killmonger. You know, this is before shit really starts to hit the fan, but this is just him seeing his father and really accepting for the first time that he has to take on the mantle of the Black Panther and the king. Um, and T'Chaka just telling him, I think it, it's such a defining moment for him to for, to hear that from his father, that he is a good man. And it, it, that's the challenge that he's going to have in this movie is to be a good king. Like, it's hard for a good man to do that. And so, yeah, it's just that that line always rang really true with me. And it's, it just resonates in a really profound way, um, obviously more now than ever. Uh, but I, I think that it, yeah, that just defines what that movie, what makes that movie so special. Um all right, four fantastic noms. Um, God, I'm still, I love that Ant-Man and the Wasp one. <laughs> uh, four great noms. Anna, what is getting your vote for the best quote? As meta as um, the baseball game quote is, I definitely have to go with no, you move. It's really the entire phase three summed up in a quote, right? Um like when you really think about it, like even in before we even get to Infinity War and Endgame, like that's what they did in Civil War. They stood their ground, right? And it really set up the dynamic for how they were going to move throughout the entire phase through each movie. So yeah, I mean, it's a clear winner for me. All right, that's one vote for Sharon Carter's speech. Uh, Morgan, what is getting your vote? Oh, I'm obviously sticking with this one. I mean, I have some honorable mentions that I didn't want to say before because um, I didn't want to, in case someone else might nominated, I didn't want to say it. But um, yeah, that I, I've said everything I can say about that speech, but it's, you know, Sharon Carter quoting Peggy is, um, it's amazing. Um, I do also want to note, though, I love Cap's um statement in infinity war i'm not asking for forgiveness and i'm way past asking permission that is so awesome about his evolution in the mcu of where he's gone from just a soldier taking orders to just like no i'm gonna do what i need to do and you can just get the fuck out of my way and um that kind of kind of goes hand in hand with the the other quote um the other ones I just want to know just really quickly are Avengers Assemble, which is an obvious one. I can do this all day, which is, you know, from all three phases, but um, is reset in that hilarious scene um, with the America's ass thing. Um, on your left, which is a very emotional thing. Um, I'd love you 3000. Also very emotional. Higher, further, faster. So... I love Captain Marvel, even though it's widely panned by a lot of people. And then also, if you're Tony, who I 
obviously I'm not a fan of, but he had a good point with Spider-Man. If you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. So that's all I have. You forgot two of or three of the most important quotes, Morgan. Uh, underoos! <laughs> Dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards, and why is Gamora? <laughs> Come on, Morgan. <laughs> you're killing me! <laughs> I was leaving some for you! <laughs> uh, that's two votes for Sharon Carter's speech. Ryan, what's getting your vote? Yeah, um, so I am going to go with the Ant-Man one. Um, I, I just love how meta it is um, and how there, there are a lot of heavy moments in Phase 3, um, especially around that time in Phase 3. So Ant-Man and the Wasp is a nice um, sort of shot of uh, serotonin and just um, good feelings and, and uh, jokes. Um, regarding some of my honorable mentions, since I didn't want to just make this a Black Panther pod, um, Maybe my second or third one was um, No Tears From Me. Um, Everybody Dies, that's just life around here uh, with Njobu and Killmonger. Um, it's, it's just such a devastating line, and really that whole scene is just so emotional and so sad, and um, that one was on my list. Um, regarding Cap ones, uh, Let's Go Get This Son of a Bitch, um, that was also very high. It's just, it's just a great moment, um, especially from Cap. And um, have any other ones? Uh, he may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. Uh, Yondu um, to Quill uh, is also a great one. Um, but yeah, uh, ultimately I will go with the uh, the Ant Man um, baseball cap one. All right. Uh, yeah, these are all really fantastic noms. I just want to list off a couple honorable mentions as well. Um, this one's for Ryan. Uh, my first honorable mention is Piss Off Ghost from Korg in uh, Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all, from Yondu. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 still hits. Um, and then another one from Killmonger in Black Panther. Uh, Bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who jumped from ships because they knew death was better than bondage. Just fucking... Like destroys me every time. Um, just going back to how compelling a character he is and just how emotional that scene in general is. Um, but yeah, looking at these noms, I, I have to stay with the Sharon Carter one because that was, yeah, that was always going to be my first. Actually, when we were coming up with these awards, that was the very first nominee I wrote down for any of these awards because it's just, that is a def defining quote in, in the MCU for me. Um, and again, being a fan of the, the comic, I remember seeing the movie in the theater and hearing that and be like, holy shit, like that's directly from the page and just getting chills. Um, and the way it like sinks in, I, I love Chris Evans in that scene when he's hearing her say that. And like, it's, you can see in his face that it's sinking in, he's taking it to heart and that's going to be his mission statement for the rest of the movie. Um, I love it. it. It's perfect. So that, that gets my vote. And that means that we have another dub. And I just want to say, yeah, Chris Evans is great. I mean, Bobby. <laughs> You're not biased at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm completely objective. What are you talking about? <laughs> and the winner for the Avengers Assemble Award is no, you move. And now it's time for the most memeable moment. 
most memeable moment, a favorite award around here, around these parts. Uh, we love our memes, and the MCU certainly loves its memes. Um, yeah, just your favorite meme to come out of Phase 3, uh, favorite meme that you've made. I mean, just, you know, there's no precedent for this award. Just anything you can come up with. So, Ryan, what is your nominee for the most memeable moment? Yeah, God, this one was so hard. Um, there's so, so many memes. Um, some of you know that I, I very enjoy um, either making memes or just finding them on the internet. And um, I think part of why, one of the reasons that the MC became so popular because there just are so many meaningful moments across the movies um, and phase three was certainly no exception. Uh, I'm going to go with one that Kyle just mentioned um, from my guy, Korg, uh, piss off ghost. Um, when he sees Loki's, uh, you know, um, projection in uh, in the prison, um, it's there's just been have been so many good memes made from that. Anything involving a ghost or spirit or just anything you could um, even you know imagine as one um, has has been used, and uh, I, I think that is going to be my choice. It's it's great. One vote or one nom for a guy, Korg, who has not gotten enough mentions yet, and I fucking love him. Uh, all right, Morgan, what is your nominee for most memeable moment? Um, I need to go next because I thought mine would first go first, hands down. I do love Korg, don't get me wrong, because he's amazing. But um, PSA cap, I mean, come on. So you got detention. When he sits down in the chair in any of his PSAs, you could just change it to anything. It's so perfect. Um, and I know I'm biased, but that's a great meme. I mean, there are other ones, but that was my top choice. I can never not love that. That one's incredible because it's like like great memes that can be used for just so many different things. My favorite is to use it when there's just a fucking idiot who like is like a Thanos apologist or something or is just getting shit on on the internet and it's like, so you so you shared your shitty opinion. Like I just I, I fucking <laughs> it, it can be used in so many different contexts and I love it. Exactly, um, that's what I love it so much. Uh, perfect, uh, Anna. What gets your, your nom for most memeable moment? So what a shocker. Ryan and I are sharing a brain cell today and we're both going with a Ragnarok meme. <laughs> and obviously I have to go with Izzy though with Thor. <laughs> it's just such an applicable meme and not only is it a good meme, it's a great gif. Like fantastic. Hands down. Mic drop. Love it. Yeah, I think if, if we're looking at like MCU memes that are used most frequently between Anna Ryan and myself, it's probably this jib. <laughs> uh, that's perfect. I love it. Um, okay. I really love this award because you can get real specific with it, or you can go with like the ones y'all mentioned. I think ones are like are ones that have had some real staying power and have been used in so many different contexts. I'm gonna get real specific with one. Because and I don't I don't I don't think it's gonna win. It's just one that I just wanted numb for like shits and giggles because it makes me cackle every time I see it. I just rediscovered it today when getting ready for the pod. I'm gonna go ahead and send it in our group chat, and then for the listeners listeners at home, I'll go ahead and like explain what's going on. But uh, Infinity War ends with Thanos kind of seeing this vision of Baby Gamora, um, and this meme has been kind of been made with different 
punchlines or whatever, but basically Gamora, you know, did you do it? What did it cost? Everything, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the meme I just sent is Gamora saying, did you do it? And Thanos has the Internet Explorer logo on him. Nothing. What did it cost? Yes. Uh, and for, as someone who uses Microsoft Edge, like that just makes me so happy. <laughs> um, even looking at the podcast today, like the reason Anna is, I love Anna to death. You, I love you so much, Anna, but because Anna is here and Damon is not, it's because the internet's fucking stupid um, and is slow. And yeah, this is just a meme that makes me like so happy because it's just such a niche thing, but I fucking love roasting the internet sometimes. So uh, I got to go with that one. And, and also fuck Microsoft because they're terrible. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yes. This is clearly pandering because in a past life, I was a web developer and the number of times... I've had to explain to people that their website does not work on Internet Explorer because Microsoft no longer supports Internet Explorer. <laughs> Has like gone astronomical, at least that uh, hundreds, if not thousands of times. So this is blatant pandering, <laughs> Kyle, and I'm very upset about it, but I'm also here for it. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> four great noms, four great memes. Uh, Ryan, what's getting your, your vote? Jeez, this is this is tough, and narrowing it down to four does not make it any easier. Uh, <laughs> I think I will go with PSA cap. Um, it's it's just so funny. Um, it's a little meta too. Like it feels like it's him going back to like his USO show days and just doing like random advertisements. Um, but it's 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 so funny both how it's used in the film and um, how it can be applicable to like literally anything um, just out there in the world. So. One vote for the PSA cap. Uh, Morgan, is that two for v for PSA cap? Absolutely. I mean, did you expect anything else from me? I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Captain America pretty much as much as I can for good things. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, kind of kidding. But no, really, on this one, like, I had some other honorable mentions. And I'll mention them. Um, Falcon and Bucky nodding heads in the car after he hit a hat because Sharon is hilarious and um, very broy. And I love that one. Um, and a Hulk doing time travel after they totally fuck it up is amazing. Um, Thor's we're friends from work. Uh, again, perfect. And one of my favorite alternates is um, Fury saying mother flurkin with with Goose after he scratches uh, his eye. But um, a little hard to represent in a mean form, but I do love those. But still, I'm going to go with Cap. Two votes for the captain. Anna, is that three? What, what are you voting for? It is not three. I'm actually torn off, torn between uh, Piss Off Ghost and Izzy, though, just because uh ryan kyle and i use that with each other all of the time like when i say all the time at least like twice a day um i feel like i have to go with piss off ghosts because i think it has a lot of standing power but i do like the captain america detention meme i think all of these noms were fantastic um i do have to give a shout out to a particular meme format um and I don't know if you guys remember it. It's the one that goes, uh, Infinity War is the most ambitious crossover event in history. 
and then um it cuts to like all these different yes. things and it's like um like I think one of them was like Microsoft Windows 95 and it was like Rachel and Chandler um and then there was like uh that's so sweet life of Hannah Montana <laughs> um <laughs> and then um it was like Simon Cowell and like Shrek and Fiona. Like you could use it for so many different things. Like I think that one definitely deserves like an honorable mention. Oh my God, that's my favorite. I love it. Um, all right, two votes for Cap, one vote for Korg. Uh, I'm torn. I'm going to still decide on my vote. I'm going to give some honorable mentions as well. Um, another Cap one, no, I don't think I will, is a... a, a GIF slash GIF, whatever, that I love using um, just to be passive aggressive with people. I'm going to send another very specific one. And this is just me now torturing our fellow podcasters with my really stupid sense of humor. But this is one that I saw like two days after seeing Infinity War, and it helped the pain go away a little bit from seeing everyone snapped. Um, and it is uh, Hot Bob Hoskins as Mario from the Super Mario Brothers movie getting snapped away. And he says it's the only it was the only way, Luigi. It fucking makes me cackle. I don't know why. It just is so goddamn absurd, and I love it. Um, a lot of great memes, though. I oh my god, I'm so torn. I think, yeah, I'm gonna go with the PSA cap one. Um, that might pop up again in noms and another award, <laughs> but I yeah, it's just so funny. And it can like we said earlier, like it, it can be used in so many different contexts, and I think that's why it has such staying power and is still being used today. Um, so yeah, that that one gets the dub. Um, real quick, uh, I forgot my honorable mention, so I just want to throw in a few. Um, uh, I the. A Professor Hogan in game. Uh, I see this as an absolute win. Um, anytime anything uh, less than ideal happens, it's it's just a great uh, meme to share. Um, and then uh, Wanda, you know, you took everything from me, Thanos. I don't even know who you are. Um, it's just one that you can apply to so many different situ situations, um, and I just I love both of those. So. And the winner for most memeable moment is So You Got Detention. And now the nominees for Best Fight. Best Fight. These are superhero movies at the end of the day. There's going to be some uh, some throwdowns, some fights, action sequences, what have you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and kick us off with uh, a nom for, I, I think one is, there's so many just breathtaking action sequences in phase three in particular. Um, I'm going to kick one off with probably the most visceral one. And the one that I think before the big Infinity War Endgame movies was like the most devastating for me to watch. And I, I, that's going to be uh, Cap and Bucky versus Stark in Captain America Civil War. Um, I know that, that nominating something for that movie that's not the big <laughs> action sequence that like everyone talked about for months is a bold choice. Like I understand that, but I think that that fight in particular at the end just has all the emotion that you need from like an incredible fight along with like it is a phenomenally shot and choreographed fight. And I think that there's genuine danger throughout the entire thing, which I think was maybe missing for a while from the MCU. Like there didn't seem to be a ton of stakes. And I feel like Civil War kind of ramped that up, up a little bit where like there was genuine danger for a lot of these characters. Um, 
I remember watching this movie in theaters and, you know, I'm not super naive. So I didn't think that he was going to die, but I remember that moment when Cap brings his shield down on Stark. I was like, what the fuck is about to happen right now? Like, is he about to kill Iron Man? Um, I just remember there being like a genuine sense of like real stakes to this fight, along with that, obviously the emotion of what's happening and, and you know, Stark finding out about how his parents died and and Bucky, obviously, like there's also just really great character moments in there of like when Iron Man's holding on to Bucky, he's talking about, do you even remember their names or whatever? And Bucky just says, I remember all like that's just such a powerful line um, and speaks to like who Bucky is and the torture that he has. And I just feel like it, it, it's a great fight, but also packs that kind of emotional wall up that takes it up a, a notch. Um, so that's my nom. We're going to run, uh, jump to uh, Anna. What is your nom for best fight? So, first of all, you're fucking pandering, and I love it. Um, second of all, I am going to go with Rocket and Yondu take back the ship and destroy it in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I think well, Yondu's just a very interesting character to begin with, and then you have the chaos of Rocket really coming in, and the two of those overlapping together really just led to an explosive performance. And the CGI was absolutely fantastic um, in that scene. So yeah, that's my nom. Amazing stuff, accompanied by an incredible soundtrack, as is everything in the Guardians movies. <laughs> uh, Morgan, what is your nominee for Best Fight? Oh, sorry. I keep trying to, can you hear me? All right. Um, well, um, both good nominations. I'm going to go with, I mean, the obvious choice. I can't help myself. The end game final sequence, um, starting with, uh, Thor, Captain America, and, uh, Iron Man taking out Thanos, um, Thor, I mean, they seem so outnumbered and so underwhelmed. And then... Cap picks up the fucking hammer and the crowd goes wild. Let's be honest. Anybody who was watching this in the theater, it was fucking explosive. We all went insane. I was there. I was just, oh my God. I mean, and I love Cap, but I'm not the only person in the theater. The entire theater exploded when he picked up Mjolnir. And um, his fight with Thanos right after that, he was winning that fight. It was amazing until one misstep. And then all of a sudden, you know, he chopped his shield to nothing. But then on your left and then in comes everybody, everybody. And it was so exciting. It's amazing. That entire sequence was thrilling, amazing, exciting. I cry, I laugh, I scream, I, that is probably my favorite, that, that is absolutely my favorite fight sequence in the entire MCU. I adore it. Um, and even though I think Tony Stark is a, is a shithead, I, he did the right thing in the end, is sacrificing himself. Finally, he learns that he can't have everything and he can't, all, or what well, he can't cut the wire, you know. In Avengers, he said, "I can't lay down like I could just cut the wire and start laying down on it." 
and he finally realized that's not a possibility. He, so he did redeem himself finally by realizing that sometimes an individual has to sacrifice himself for the greater good. So he did one thing right. But regardless, yes, I, that sequence is amazing. We get so many great things. I, I know that there are things that have been criticized, but the girl team up, I loved it. I know it was a little pandering, but I personally loved it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just loved seeing everybody on screen together and working together. And Cap gets to yell, Avengers, grabs the hammer, assemble. All right, that's a nom for the final battle in Avengers Endgame. Anna, did you have a thought on that? Yeah, you can always tell the sign of a good fight when you see Bucky pull his hair back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we will get back to the next nomination after this break. All right, welcome back from break. We are jumping to Ryan's nom for the best fight. What you got for us? Yeah, so uh, there are a lot of good choices um, in Phase 3. Um, the three that you guys have picked have all been really great all on my list. Um, there were a lot of the um, smaller scale, like, you know, just person-to-person -person fights. I'm going to go with one of the bigger ones, um, the Battle of Wakanda and Infinity War. Um, I, I just think Infinity War is a great movie, and I think that you could argue that's the best big battle, although the, the end game one is right up there, of course. Um, there's just so many great moments. Um, Thor's entrance um, from Nidavellir is just incredible, and I will probably talk about that in another category. But um, the fight between uh, Natasha and Okoye and Proxima Midnight is great. Um, <laughs> Wanda coming in and Okoye uh, joking, uh, why did we keep her up there the whole time? Um, I love the um, <laughs> uh, banner and the Hulkbuster armor because uh, the Hulk refuses to come out. Um, obviously, Cap with the beard and the the small like double shields are great. Um, Rocket with the you know how much for the gun? Okay, how much for the arm? I'm getting that arm. Um, it, it's just a combination of really great character moments and really interesting character combos, uh, but also like great fighting and great action. So yeah, that is my choice. All right, for incredible nominees, um, God, this is this is brutal. Uh, before I get to my vote, just quick honorable mentions. Um, T'Challa versus Killmonger round one in Black Panther, where Killmonger just beats the fucking shit out of him. <laughs> great fight. Uh, I think my favorite fight in that movie, honestly. Um, and then, yeah, I, I mentioned my, my nominee, but obviously the other big fight in Civil War, the airplane fight, is just a thing of beauty. I mean, it's just it, it directed and filmed so well. We get the kind of this is kind of the preview of Infinity War and Endgame, where we get to see all the heroes kind of do their thing in the same kind of setting, which is really exciting. Um, but lots of great fights. Um, I think my vote is going to go with. God, this is rough because like some of these are like important thematically, right? Like the both the Battle of Wakanda and the final battle in Endgame are just so damn important and crucial to the story of those movies. 
um, and also are just great fights in general. Um, but if we're talking about something that's just so entertaining to watch and I don't know, it's just electric. I, yeah, I'm going to vote for, uh, Rakan and Yandu versus the Ravagers. I, I think that that, that scene is just so damn entertaining. I think Yandu's whistle has always been, or his, his darts have always been like the coolest, one of the coolest weapons in the MCU. Um, and so getting to see him like use that in, to full effect and and Rocket joining him like the, they're the duo I don't think any of us knew we needed before <laughs> Volume Two and so seeing them paired up is just so fun, um, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and vote for that one. Uh, Ryan, what's getting your vote? Yeah, um, again, this this one is is so tough. Um, yeah. Um, I will go with Endgame, the the final battle. Um, I just think um, it has so it really has everything um, from the beginning part, where it's just the you know the big three: Cap, Iron Man, and Thor against Thanos. To um, obviously everybody showing up um, in all all the moments it had, um, both emotionally and and visually. Um, I just thought it was great. Um, I don't actually don't have too many honorable mentions just because everybody already picked all of them <laughs> mostly. Um, I will say T'Challa versus Killmonger round two um, is really great. Um, you know, just because it's a great fight um, where they have it, the fact that they both have Black Panther suits is so cool. And just like the fact that like, like Kyle said, like T'Challa just so thoroughly gets his ass kicked in the first fight. Um, it's and, and yet it's still like believable that he wins in that second fight and not not just for narrative purposes but like how they do it how he's able to adapt and use his surroundings and his intelligence in the fight um is really good um infinity war the battle on titan is another good one um so i want to give that a mention and um lastly uh the shrinking car chase and ant-man and the wasp it's just so good and so fun. And I really think um, how they use um, the shrinking tech um, in fights is some of the best stuff that the MCU does in the, the two Ant-Man movies. So I definitely want to give that a shout. But yeah, my, my nom is for the, the battle at the end of Endgame. All right. One vote for Guardians, one vote for Endgame. Morgan, what is getting that vote? Okay. Well, first... Uh, so many amazing mentions here, but yeah, I'm sticking with my nomination, which is the in-game final sequence. I know it's anticlimactic because it's obvious, but it's so good. It's so, so good. There's, I just don't see any flaws in it. It just, it's so enjoyable, but I did also have the Infinity War final sequence with well everybody in in Wakanda and so I 100% love that um I uh, particularly there's the scene in the um well it's Black Widow Okoye and um Proxima Midnight and then uh Wanda joins uh she's trying to basically just murder straight up murder and um, the other girls show up and she's like you're gonna die alone and she's and then Koya says she's not alone and then turns around and it's a real fight and I love it and I love that they fucking chuck her into like some meat grinder thing it's a beautiful moment it really is um like because Proxima Midnight 
I don't like her. She's she's mean. Mean girl. She's a mean girl. We don't like those. Uh, also, the Civil War airport sequence, which I know was already mentioned, but man, it's amazing. It's a great sequence. Um, that's our first introduction to Spider-Man. It's our first um, look at Ant-Man teaming up with the Avengers. It's our first Black Panther with the Avengers. Um there's so much new stuff, and plus we get the f- so much Bucky and Sam, I hate you. I just, Dane is a beautiful, beautiful thing, and I love that scene. It was my second choice for a nomination, so I just want to shout those out. Everyone else, love your nominations. Everything was great, but I'm sticking with the end game. All right, that's two votes for the end game. Anna was getting your vote. I, I mean, obviously the answer is end game, so that's getting my vote. But I do have a bone to pick with you guys. Nobody mentioned the Thor versus Hulk fight in Ragnarok, and I'm very upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> He's a friend from work. You're bad friend. <laughs> um, yeah, but he's a friend from work. They're not going to hurt each other. I mean, yeah, that's fine. I just had to throw it out there um yeah all of these were phenomenal and oh there's Gigi um just thriving absolutely thriving like all of the the content here is fantastic and I do have to give a shout out to the airport fight because it is my only semi-tolerable moment for Tony when he goes under ruse so yeah and this is my regret for not choosing um, Effie's for phase two is because the elevator scene in Civil War is just perfect. And so that's all I'll say. Yeah, we, we <laughs> so know good. Morgan loves Cap. <laughs> um, I just had to give a shout out to Thor versus Hulk, though, because there are some Mark Ruffalo fans out there. So they deserve some love, too. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. So I just have to say... I just have to say, before the next category, does anyone want to get out? <laughs> Unbelievable. Great job, Morgan. <laughs> All right. And the winner is the Endgame final fight scene. And now the nominees for the Stand the Man Award. All right, the Stan the Man Award. You cannot do the MCU without Stan Lee. Uh, this one's a bit bittersweet because, of course, Phase 3 marks the end of Stan Lee's cameos with Endgame. Um, but his cameos were just fantastic all across Phase 3. Uh, so, uh, Anna, kick us off. What is your nominee for the Stan the Man Award? So, my nominee is Tony Stank in Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I think in terms of uh, all of the movies in Phase 3, that particular one is the only one that really made me laugh out loud. Like, the rest of them, you kind of just point at them and you go, oh, it's Stan Lee! You know, it's like a fun little Easter egg, but Tony Stank is the one that actually made me chortle. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Ryan, what's getting your nominee for the Stand the Man Award? Um, yeah, that one is great. Uh, there is also another one, though, that made me really laugh, and so I have to go with that one. And it's the one from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, 
where he's just about to go into his car on the street. It's during the chase. And she shrinks his car and he goes, he thinks he's just lost it. And he's like, well, the 60s were fun, but now I'm paying for it. And uh, it's it's just hysterical and um, just just a really perfect um, for for that moment and for Stan as a whole. So, yeah, I'm going with that one. Damn, I shouldn't have let you gone, go first. That is my single favorite MCU Stanley cameo <laughs> across all three phases. <laughs> uh, all right, Morgan, what is your nominee while I scramble for an honorable mention? <laughs> yeah, oh my God, they took my first two. Ah! All right. Um, luckily, I have a list. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Captain Marvel uh, cameo where he is reading the mall rats script which is so meta and i love it uh you know i don't think it'll win but it is pretty fucking amazing love a good mall rats reference uh yeah that's a great cameo um okay i'm gonna go with one yeah like i mentioned the 60s one is my favorite like across the entire mcu it just makes me cackle um but for one that i think is also just really funny and i think it was a great nod to a, like a fan theory that people had about all of his cameos while not like confirming anything canonically and that is his cameo in guardians volume two um basically where he is just like relaying all of his stories to the watchers um one it's our first you know glimpse at the watchers before we get what if um and then two it's just you know, both the scene that we see briefly when Yondu and Rocket and Groot are traveling uh, across space, we see him regaling the Watchers with all of his ridiculous stories. And then one of like 17 post credit scenes in the goddamn movie is them just getting up and leaving while he's telling his story. <laughs> it's just hilarious to me. Like, they're just like, enough, old man. We we can't hear any of the any more of these stories. Um, so, yeah, I've got to go with with him as the Watchers buddy. Um, some great noms, though. God, so many great cameos. Uh, Ryan, kick us off. What's getting that vote? Jeez. Oh, that's so hard. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'll go with mine. Um, the 60s were fun, but now I'm paying for it. Um, it's it's just so good. Um, in, in a movie with just some really great comedic moments. It just really nails, nails it. Um, I, I did want to do some honorable mentions. Um, obviously, um, the thank you Stan intro on Captain Marvel um, was a really great uh, tribute to him, I thought, and I'm really glad that they did that. Um, one that was really hard not to pick um, was Thor Ragnarok, where uh, he cuts Thor's hair with that... Um, really uh dangerous looking contraption <laughs> um the i thought the one in, in homecoming homecoming was funny um just like the the total old man you know don't make me come down there you punk um yeah uh i, I thought those were all great um but yeah i'm gonna gonna go with the uh the Ant-Man and the wasp one all right one vote for the trippy 60s uh anna what's getting that vote Second vote for the trippy 60s. That one is actually in my top three. Um, and it's one of the, this is a very hot take, but I enjoy the Ant-Man franchise way more than the Iron Man franchise, right? I think those movies are perfect. They're hilarious. They're, they have rewatchable value. And even 
the stand cameos are hilarious and no matter what part of ant-man i'm watching i always laugh like it's hysterical it, it's feel good I'm, I'm just a very big ant-man fan to begin with so yeah definitely got to go with that two votes for the 60s morgan what's getting that vote I am a little shocked here. I, I am going to vote for my top choice, which is Tony Stank. <laughs> it was so funny when it happened. I'm, I just, especially because Rhodey was there and he was like, oh, that's never going away. It's perfect. And plus he is Stank. Tony Stark is Stank. So it, it just so fits and it's funny. My second choice was the Will the Sixties are fun um, from Ant-Man and Wasp. So uh, I 1000% credit everyone for their, you know, uh, excellent taste. I also wanted to shout out the Ragnarok hair scene because it's funny. Um, but also I did a little bit honorable, little honorable mention for um, Infinity. No, it's in game, in game, sorry. Um, Stan's uh, cameo in Endgame, he drives past the uh, base in New Jersey and says, make love, not war. And it's a little funny and um, political. So I, I thought it was lovely. I would not nominate it. But again, my vote is for Tony Stank. Yeah, best part about that Stanley cameo in Endgame is as he's driving away, his license plate is just 420. And I, I didn't catch that at all until this last rewatch. And I was like, that's just a fucking great touch. That's delightful. Wait, wait. <laughs> um, I'm a, yeah. As a Damon variant, how is that one not nominated as number one on my list? I'm very upset. I know. I'm, I'm have shocked. I'm going to have to my counterpart from 616. <laughs> Um, but yeah, my vote is also going with the uh, the '60s one. Uh, it's just it's he, the delivery is just so fucking perfect, and he, I mean, he was always flawless in his cameos. Um, there was never a bad one, but yeah, the one in, in Ant Man and the Wasp was just fucking fantastic. It's the dub, and the winner for the Stan the Man Award is the '60s were fun, but now I'm paying for it. And here are your nominees for the Detention Award. So this particular award is actually about the post-credit stingers that happen in every single movie. So these are obviously focused specifically on phase three. So Ryan, hit us with your first nom. What are you, what are you throwing up? Yeah. Um, these ones are really tough too there are a lot of good choices um i am going to go with the one from ant-man and the wasp um where they uh scott's going into the quantum realm to get some of the like healing particles and then while he's there just when he is about to be brought back um hank hope and janet all get snapped and so it's it's great for a number of reasons. Like, like I said, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp is just a really fun and wholesome movie in the middle of like um, all of the sort of the carnage from Infinity War. But when that happens and then you see they get snapped, if you get stuck in there, it's just like a reminder of like the stakes and like of what is going on. 
and um, you know what sort of trouble uh, Scott could be in since you know we just had a thing about you know rescuing Janet from the quantum realm um, and then I, I, I loved how after that because you know in a lot of the other movies they'll just say you know so and so will return in and, and they'll just show whatever movie they're going to be back in or they'll just say they'll return um, and I love how in this one it says Ant-Man and the Wasp will return and then they just add a question mark after it um, I think it's just a great touch and yeah that's my choice Wow, starting out with a solid pick. Uh, Morgan, what are you going to put up for nomination? Okay, so that was one of my choices. Um, probably my second choice. But I'm instead chosen to go with the Spider-Man Homecoming complete in credit tees, which is Captain America. <laughs> Naturally. And he says, patience. And then he goes to this whole spiel and he says, you wonder why you waited so long for something so disappointing. And then looks off camera and says, how many of these are we doing? And it's amazing because it's so, uh, it really is. Because he's like telling the audience, you waited to the end credits for this and it's nothing. <laughs> I love it so much. It's so silly, and I adore it. Um, so that's my pick. Inspiring stuff. And what a shocker. Morgan with a cat pick and a twist that shocked and surprised no one. <laughs> Kyle, what's your nomination? Uh, yeah, two uh, fantastic credit scenes. Um, I'm going to go with... The post-credit scene from Spider-Man: Far From Home. Um, uh, our mid-credit scene has to do with some scrolls, which I think is fun too. But the post-credit scene is obviously, yeah, uh, Spidey swinging around with MJ. You know, they're newly in love, um, and seeing a video from Mysterio that basically outs him as Peter Parker. And then we get uh, one of my favorite cameos in the MCU that I, I'm so glad turned into more than a cameo, which is J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Um, I, I just think it's so, like, I love that. So going off of Ryan's, like, that is a great way to bring things to a very, like, to a head of, like, we're still in it with Thanos, right? Like, Infinity War happens, we're very shocked by that. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp is, like, a brief reprieve from all of the intensity of that. And then that post credit scene brings us right back into the intensity of of the the snap. Same with Far From Home. I think like that coming after Endgame is like, okay, that was the closing chapter to the Infinity Saga. What's next? And then Far From Home is kind of a fun departure from, you know, that big saga. It's more about Spider-Man and his, his adventures, you know, abroad. And then same thing, that, that ending, that post-credit scene brings it right back to like, oh shit, now he's got to deal with his own problems of being, you know, outed to the world as Peter Parker. And basically, you know, he was like one of the only superheroes in the mcu that actually had a, a secret identity that he was trying to protect and so um yeah mysterio outing him and then him basically having to deal with the fallout of that of course leading into a phenomenal movie that we can't talk about here obviously because it's phase four but i i i just love the scene i think it's handled really really well and it's even a great kind of callback to the uh the post-credit scene of civil war where ant man ant may comes in to find him like changing into the spider-man suit ends on her like what the fuck and like 
you know, mid kind of cuts off. He does the same thing when he gets outed by Mysterio. Does the exact what the f- and it just cuts off right there. It's a great little callback. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a huge moment in that theater for me. Just seeing like, oh shit, they're gonna go with that you know secret identity angle, and I loved it. Truly inspiring stuff. Um, now my nomination, I've got a few. I'm like tossing up the idea of. Uh, Teen Groot ignoring his dad in Guardians 2. We've got Goose vomiting up the Tesseract. Um, and we got Carol saying where's Fury and Captain Marvel. Um, I think I'm going to go with Teen Groot uh, because we all love Groot, right? Like, he's a really big comic relief one. Um, and, you know, Guardians is just a banger of a franchise, you know, feelings of Chris Pratt aside. So, yeah, it's moody, it's fun, it gave us some comic relief. So, yeah, that's the clear choice. All right, four great noms. Uh, love all four of these. Uh, Ryan, what is getting your vote out of these four nominees? Yeah, um, I think yeah, I think I'm gonna stick with um, Scott stuck in the quantum realm when um, his trio gets snapped. Um, the other nomination is really good. Um, it was really hard to pick over the Cap one. Sometimes patience is key. Um, but since we already gave the Cap PSA award, I, I want to go a little differently. Um, some of the other uh, honorable mentions um, I thought were um, uh, in uh, Black Panther, um, T'Challa um, opening up Wakanda to the world uh, at the UN, um, Civil War also when he is uh, in Wakanda with Steve and you get the, the first the shot of the big you know Panther statue and the music. It's just great. Um, <laughs> The one where uh, Maria Hill and Fury get snapped um, and they call Captain Marvel um, or not call her, they they page her uh, and then you see the little icon on the pager. Um, And then uh, Guardians 2, um, the, I guess, birthing pod uh, with Adam Warlock in there um, was really cool. And then there was one which could have fit into the stay on the man man category. where uh, you see um, he's, uh, you know, he's on the moon still talking to the watchers and then they're just like slowly walking away from him. They're like, all right, we're, we're, we're done with this guy. Um, I just, I love that moment. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of good um, uh, options. All right. That is one vote for Scott's crew getting dusted. Uh, Morgan, what's getting your vote? All right. So... Sorry, uh, my vote is up in the air right now, and I, I'm working my way through it. So I will say I want to give some honorable mentions first. Um, again, I know this was mentioned, but Captain Marvel, where Goose is hacking up Tesseract—that's hilarious. Um, and I know Anna, Anna mentioned this, but. Um, and Captain Marvel, 
there's like a mid singer where um, there's the beeper and stuff. I'm sorry. I noted it more because um, we have hot bearded cap. And I think that's more relevant to me. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. Um, no, I also love the Ant-Man Wasp Quantum Tees, which was nominated. But I want to give a special shout out to the Endgame signature cards, which aren't really a stinger. But a love letter to all of us who loved Marvel. Uh, every time I watch it, I just I, I get so overcome by emotion. I'm already crying in Endgame, but give me a break. But still, when I see those signature cards with the original Avengers, um, <laughs> uh, theme song. Sorry, I, I just get so emotional, and I just yeah. It's so gripping, but my vote. Oh, I also want to credit the Civil War Black Panther to use. That's also amazing. But my vote's going to go to uh, Ant Man and Wasp Quantum Tees. All right, that's two votes for Ant Man and the Wasp. Anna, what is getting your vote? Ooh, spicy. My vote is actually going with the Spider-Man stinger and the, the JJ <laughs> um, tie-in. I thought that was the one that actually made my draw drop. At the end, the rest of them were just kind of like, oh, yeah, like, that's fine. Right? Um, I think that one had the most shock value, and it really set up the excitement for the next Spider-Man movie and for Phase 4 in general. Because that was the question we really wanted to know what happened. So, yeah, definitely got to go with Spider-Man. All right, I'm faced with the dilemma. <laughs> because my vote, I, I want to go with the Spider-Man as well. And that means we would have a tie. Now, typically, obviously, Anna, Anna would play the role of the tiebreaker as our producer. Because she is now representing her variant, Damon, we don't necessarily have a tiebreaker. Um, so we can find oh, one. God. Don't you worry about that. Because <laughs> I really, I, I just really want to vote for the. Um, text Damon. While we're trying to, yeah, we're gonna text him and maybe rope him in. But while we're figuring that out, I also want to shout out um, the other Spider-Man movie, Homecoming, the mid-credit scene, which is Vulture in prison, um, meeting up with you know, uh, I think it's Mac, um, and basically you know not giving spider-man up like it's a kind of a, a parallel or like a contradiction contradiction to the one i just nominated but i i love like kind of the code of honor there like he's a villain and he's a kind of a bad human being but he has like a code of honor that he will not give up spider-man um i think it's a cool moment i think it's a kind of an underrated moment and people don't talk about that that scene a lot so had to shut that one out, but yeah, I am gonna vote for the uh, the Far From Home one because it just really set the stage for like what they're gonna do with No Way Home, um, and it is it's it's legitimately a shocking moment. Um, so yeah, we have our tie. We are gonna go to a quick break and then come back with our deciding tiebreaker. We'll be right back. Oh, I already have the <laughs> I already have the decision. Perfect. <laughs> it is Spider Man takes the W. <laughs> There it is. I always can count on Damon to vote for something Spider-Man related. <laughs> Damon coming through from the Rainbow Bridge. <laughs> he was not sleeping like Odin or Heimdall. He was ready. 
<laughs> and the winner uh, for the represented. Poor white old male. He gets underrepresented. <laughs> and the winner for the detention award is Spider-Man. And now the nominees for the What If Award. That's right. The What If Award has been a lot of fun. Um, I think we debuted this one in phase two. Um, essentially, uh, this is basically us asking a big what if question, like playing the role of the, the watcher. What what if a, a scenario you know changed a bit in phase three? A decision was changed, a direction was changed, a character motivation was changed. What happened? What's the what's the fallout of that? Uh, so Anna, kick us off. What is that nominee for the What If Award? I am so thankful you picked me first because I only have one. <laughs> um, the one I have for this is what if Carol never left Earth? I think it's a really spicy one because when you really think about it, Carol was one of the main reasons why they won, right? So because she is all powerful, would she have joined the Avengers sooner? Would she have become a recluse? You know, would she have really aged significantly at all? Um, like, what would her powers be like? Um, and would superheroes have come into the fold a lot sooner? And because of that, would we have maybe seen an introduction with the X-Men? I don't know. Pretty spicy. Wow, that's a big one. Yeah, I love that. Um, Ryan, what's getting that nominee for the What If Award? Yeah, this one was really tough. Um, I do think there is one, at least to me, that sticks out. Um, and it's what if they stopped Thanos in Infinity War? Um, there was no snap. They they either kill Thanos or on Titan, they remove the Infinity Gauntlet and they're able to subdue him. Um, the, the snap was such a seminal moment um just you know in, in pop culture recently but like in these movies um you know how do they how do they sort of wind things down um do they just um you know go from infinity war to far from home um and it also changes all of phase four you know from wandavision uh, maria rambo um or sorry monica rambo uh, and, and, you know, not seeing her mother pass. Um, we have Yelena being snapped in Hawkeye, or at least that's when you see it. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, obviously, dealing with the Flag Smashers and just how everyone was affected from that. It's just, it's it's such a defining moment in the series, um, both in Phase 3 and going forward. So how things would have been different if they had killed Thanos and there was no snap before that is just fascinating to me. Love that one. Um, all right, Morgan, what's getting that nominee for the What If Award? All right. Um, my What If is... What if Black Panther killed Bucky in Civil War? That's my What If. Um, How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I, this, uh, Twice in one day I have been personally attacked on this podcast. I am unwell. <laughs> Kyle, I, I am doing my resignation. Hey, I don't want this to happen. I wouldn't be happy about it. I'm just saying, what if? So my thoughts are this. Um, 
if if Black Panther had killed Bucky in Civil War, um, what would have happened? Because I think we would have a complete divide. Like, it would have been worse in Civil War because Cap would be completely devastated and driven to vengeance, which is not in his character. But honestly, what human could not be driven to that when his best friend would be murdered by someone when it's false accusations, which have proven to be the case. So I just wonder what would happen if that would happen. I think, honestly, uh, Steve would have gone um, super rogue. I don't think Natasha would have... No, I think Natasha would have joined him. And also Sam. Sam was very much on his hip. So the same group that, you know, went together in Affinity War would also be together on this. And we would also have, um, I would hope, the Sokovia Accords group trying to catch and prosecute um, T'Challa. Because he would have violated the accords he agreed to. So this would have effectively made T'Challa a war criminal. It's a crazy proposition. But I love to think about it. And that's my what if. All right, three compelling what ifs. I'm just like laughing so hard. Because I think in our phase two, Effie's Michael proposed a what if in which Bucky died as well. <laughs> Thank God I wasn't there on that one because I would have lost my mind. <laughs> oh boy. Um, well, Anna, I'm not proposing anything that's going to hurt our sweetie, sweet dear Bucky. He's going to be fine. Uh, but I am going to go with one um, that is also related to T'Challa. And uh, basically mine is a big gripe that I have with Black Panther and that, I mean, Morgan mentioned this earlier, but that Killmonger does die at the end of the movie. Um, yeah, my, my, my nominee is essentially okay. what if T'Challa oh, no. rehabilitated Killmonger? Uh, you know, the end of that movie is him t- telling him we can save you, we can heal you, you know, there's still a chance. And I think that that's a really compelling question. Like if they ended up saving his life, they ended up bringing him back what happens going forward? What happens in Infinity War? Is he now, you know, a Wakandan fighting with Wakanda, fighting with the Avengers? You know, what what happens with, uh, I don't know, I just, I, I would love to see the way he would kind of fit in to Wakanda and, and his, his interactions with T'Challa and Nakia and Okoye and all of them. And I just, it's one of those things where, like, I just want more Killmonger in general. And so, uh yeah, uh, that's that's my what if. I just I, I would love to see what would have happened in a, an alternate kind of universe where T'Challa saves Killmonger instead of him dying. All right, that is four great what ifs. Um, Anna, what's getting that vote? What is your vote for the what if award? I really love Killmonger as a villain, so I am gonna go with your pick. Um, I think adding him into Infinity War and Endgame and possibly even into phase four would have been really interesting. 
I think seeing a Bucky Killmonger crossover uh, maybe in Falcon and the Winter Soldier also would have been really cool. So I think that one has the most possibility and is the most, quite frankly, creative. So, yeah. All right, that's one vote for Killmonger. Uh, Ryan, what's getting your vote? Yeah, I think I'm also going to go with that one. Um, it's just, uh, it's a really interesting, um, you know, what if. Um, I think Killmonger would have been really compelling as like a sort of leader of the Thunderbolts, uh, if that's, you know, the direction they, they went in. Um, I, I know that like franchises have trouble, um, you know, sort of straddling the line between wanting to have stakes and like not wanting to kill off the villains all the time. So I, I get why they did what they did. But yeah, I think Killmonger surviving um, would have been really interesting. And like, obviously, love to see any excuse to, to see Michael B. Jordan, especially in that role, which I, I think he really crushes. So yeah, that's my vote. Two votes for Killmonger. Morgan, what is getting your vote? Yeah, I'm going to stick with Killmonger. I mean, I, I do like my own nomination. Obviously, I wouldn't have spoken it. But yeah, Killmonger needs more screen time, which we talked about in the snap. Um, he's a great character. He needs more screen time. And I think... If they hadn't made him die, which was a, again, questionable decision, we would have something that's something to look forward to with him. Um, but yet we are stuck with him just being um, dead. I mean, again, I love the quote he made about um, bury me in the ocean because my... Um, ancestors knew it was better than slavery i'm sorry if i don't get the quote wrong but or quite right but um regardless it was powerful and amazing but we needed more of that character on screen and i think that's the best what if we could have yeah this is going to be a clean sweep um I, I just want to show, throw out a couple honorable mentions real quick, though. Um, one that I also considered was uh, back to Civil War. What if Vision, you know, in that moment when he's aiming at Falcon, ends up, you know, he hits War Machine, paralyzes him. What if he kills him? I remember going into the movie, there were predictions on someone dying in that movie, and I, I, a lot of people did expect it to be War Machine. What does that what does that change about Stark's trajectory? He's already pretty reckless in that movie. Like, what happens going forward with him confronting team cap i would be curious about that and then one other i understand why they couldn't do this because it would have ended infinity war really quickly <laughs> but uh you know leaving guardians 2 we just saw star lord you know display these huge celestial powers of course they go away after he destroys ego and his planet what if he still has those going into the fight with thanos i think that changes the fight drastically um but yeah, these are all really, really compelling scenarios. Um, but it's it's definitely a clean sweep because Killmonger is just a character that we we absolutely need more of. Stop trying to kill Bucky, damn it! Stop it! <laughs> 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 
<laughs> so I, I had some honorable mentions I forgot to uh, convey. It's okay. Um, mine were, what if Hawkeye died instead of Widow in Endgame? Which is a um, obvious point that we have discussed already. But one I wanted to mention, what if Zemo released the Winter Soldiers instead of killing them? That could have been a fucking nightmare, but yeah, hey, it's something to think about. And then, well, what if Vulture told Scorpion about Peter? Which didn't happen, but I wonder. I'm just saying, those are my underbrow mentions. Really great lineup, guys. And the winner for the What If Award was What If Killmonger was Rehabilitated. That's right. The Valedictorian Award. We were getting into some big hitters, heavy hitters. Uh, best performance, best fill in the blank. I mean, the, uh, best best character, best performance, best arc in phase three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Morgan, what is your nominee and why is it Captain America? <laughs> it's almost like you have spied on my computer but no it's obvious my my first nomination in my list is obviously captain america slash chris evans um it's pretty simple he is the leader of the group he is he is he is the one who calls the shots he's the one that tony even though he didn't call him knows to call in Infinity War when he doesn't know what else to do to find Vision. He knows that Cap is the man. He is the one. He is the guy. And, I mean, it goes back to even the first Avenger, or first Avengers movie, sorry, um, where he is a total dick to Cap, but then right before the epic um, team-up montage, he says, Cap, call it. He knows. Tony knows that Cap is the one to hold them together, to make the plan, to make it all right, to, to make it the thing that is winnable. And he is a master strategist. He is um, a uh, tactical uh, expert. And even Friday in Civil War says you can't beat him in hand-to-hand combat. He is the man. Um I just can't say more than that. Like, he is the man. That is my nomination. That's one um, for Cap. Anna, what is getting your nominee for the valedictorian? I am actually going to nominate uh, someone who is very near and dear to my heart. Um, Son of Odin, the strongest Avenger. God of Thunder, also known as Point Break. That's right. We're going with Thor. <laughs> um, 
I just think in terms of his overall character arc in the MCU, you know, he comes off as like a little entitled dipshit and then he grows a little bit in phase two and then we really get to see him explore his range in Ragnarok, which is my one of my favorite MCU films. Um, and that's not just because Natalie Portman isn't in it, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think he delivered his lines really well. Um, he's got great chemistry with the rest of the cast. And he is Thor, right? Like on and off the screen. I think he really just sells the role efficiently. He's got chemistry with Mark Ruffalo. He's got chemistry with Tessa Thompson, Grandmaster, you know, obviously Tom Hiddleston. He really just crushed his portrayal. Um, and then, you know, he moved over to, to work with the Guardians. And I just, yeah, he has a phenomenal performance. I... No notes, Chris. No notes. <laughs> no notes, Chris. Uh, Ryan, what's getting that nom for the valedictorian? Uh, this is tough. There's a couple that I am torn between. Um, I'm going to go with Paul Rudd. Um, I think he is, um, he's really good in Civil War. Um, you know the, the the cracks with Captain America and Falcon, um, the the debut of Giant Man at the airport, um, and then you know we've we've mentioned it a few times already, but um, yeah, Man and the Wasp was just so much fun and and, and such a thrill ride throughout. Um, and then in Endgame, you know he's the one that really sparks um, how they are able to to get everyone back. You know him coming back from the quantum realm, and then um, you know him him seeing Cassie in that movie is such a, a heart wrenching moment. Um, such a heartfelt one. Um, I, I think that they both, both him and um, the actress that plays her in that movie, uh, both just deliver on that moment so well. Um, and then uh, he has some, some great moments throughout, you know, the film, the time heist, uh, you know, the, that's America's ass. Um and then, uh, you know, in the final battle and then at the end with Cassidy and Hope, you know, watching the fireworks. I, I just think that um, he, he delivers um, throughout uh, the, the phase. And it, it, sometimes you sort of forget how much he is actually in phase three. But um, I, I thought he was um, really consistently good uh, throughout the, that stretch. All right. A nom for Paul Studd. That makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Happy and surprised, though, because I did not expect being last to have this left, but I am going to snag the the nom for Chadwick. Um, Chadwick Boseman is T'Challa, Black Panther. He's introduced in this phase. He's in four of the 11 movies. God, it's he's so good. I mean, I, I remember seeing Civil War and immediately, immediately being enraptured by his performance. And it was just such an incredible introduction to his character in, in that movie. I, I think he has the most compelling arc in that entire movie, um, just going on this path of vengeance and then learning that, like, that's not the way. Um, and then going into his own solo movie, just he just commands the screen and immediately becomes an MCU favorite. Uh, and then, of course, going into Infinity War, like I love that he plays such a crucial role in opening up Wakanda and, and just helping the Avengers out coming in clutch. And then I, I, I have to say it like there's the reason that there's I mean, the moment is so powerful for a lot of reasons, but the portal scene 
the first person you see walk through that portal is T'Challa. And it's just, it's a beautiful moment. Of course, with the timing of, of rewatching it, 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 it's really painful now, but it, it's just a beautiful moment. I think that he just commanded the screen beginning to end right away. Um, so that's my nom. Uh, what's getting that vote though? A lot of fantastic uh, noms. Morgan, what's getting your vote? Okay, so I'm going to stick with Cap. I have some honorable mentions, but oddly not the ones that I've heard today. So my first honorable mention is Black Widow. I mean, she sacrificed her life to get the Soul Stone, which was key to completing the plan. How is she not a nominee? Explain that to me. And then the next one is Doctor Strange, who um, said there's only one in like 14,000 options that works. Or maybe it was 14 million. I don't know. Um, that works. That um results in victory and he is the one who kind of prompted tony to go on i mean how did neither of these um get nominated but i still think cap is the leader of the team he's the one that spurs everything on he is the one that starts everything He's the one who responds when Vision needs help. He's the one that responds when anyone needs help. He is the linchpin in this team. He is absolutely the valedictorian. All right, that's one vote for America's ass. Anna, what is getting your vote? Oh, I really, really want to stick with my Thor nomination, but the clear choice is obviously Chadwick. It's 100% Chadwick. There's there's no question here. From the second that man walked on the screen, he took over phase three and he's like, yep, this is mine now. He's so charismatic. I think he's the most level-headed out of everybody on the team. And he brings the most firepower because let's be honest, without Wakanda... They, they would not have won against Thanos, 110%. So, totally Chadwick and Black Panther. All right, a vote for the captain, a vote for the Panther. Ryan, what's getting your vote? Yeah, um, this is really tough, like everyone said. Um, for me, though, I will go with uh, Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Um, he just shows so much range in this phase that I, I didn't know that he had. But uh, from his journey in Ragnarok, where he's trying to um, protect his people, but also like find himself um, and, and see who he really is and, and sort of live up to that. Um, to Infinity War, where he's he's just on a path of, of vengeance um, against Thanos. Um, but he also has um, some <laughs> really great interplay with the Guardians, um, always calling Rocket Rabbit, and, and just how uh, 
intimidated um, Star-Lord is by him. Like, just, just his presence, really, but the, the few one-liners he has in there. Um, and then his, his great moments. Um, at the end of that movie, obviously the entrance to Wakanda um, and then fighting. And then Endgame is just... I mean, it's it's just so it's so good. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't love all the fat shaming that Marvel did in that movie, both for the direction and and some of the jokes that they used. Um, but, but the way that Chris Hemsworth is able to portray trauma and just like his feeling of loss, um, and the scene that he has with Frigga um, back in Asgard is is just so moving and. Um, I mean, you could argue that that young Thor didn't deserve Frigga. Uh, Odin definitely didn't deserve Frigga, but that is a conversation for uh, another day. So, um, but yes, and then how, despite everything that happens to him, despite how much he feels that he's failed, um, the fact that he's still able to summon Mjolnir and and that he is worthy, um, but also has he how he doesn't feel bad that Cap's able to lift the hammer at the end. He's just you know excited for him. Um, it's it's just such a great stretch for Chris Hemsworth, and um, he's he's my choice for uh, valedictorian. All right, man, this is impossible. I mean, these are all just phenomenal nominees. Um, yeah, just to shout out each of them individually. Like, obviously, Cap is like Morgan said, like he's like is the leader of the team. He is the anchor. Um, I love that he goes. I mean, this phase begins with him really going through a like a truly challenging arc of having to turn his back on a lot of like his family, um, and then having to rebuild and and go under underground. And the way he come he's brought back into the fold in Infinity War is just beautiful. And then of course Endgame, you know, getting probably the mo- the single most iconic moment in the MCU with the hammer is just yeah he's he's fantastic. Um, and then yeah, Paul Rudd. I mean. Ryan said it really well. Like you forget how much he is in phase three and just also how much he comes in clutch in these movies. Like, of course he's great in it and the watch. Like that's his movie. He's fantastic. Um, but in Endgame, like he really does come in clutch. He's the guy who brings up the time travel idea. And he's the person who he's the person who kind of like brings, I, I, I won't say just comic relief because he brings that to the team. Obviously it's Paul Rudd, but like also just brings that humanity to the team of like, this is a, this is an established team has already been through so much like traumatic stuff together. And so him being like this newcomer who they all last time they saw him, he was giant in an airport, <laughs> like him just coming as, as like a fresh face and bringing some fresh ideas. is just great. And he, he just brings a lot of that to, to end game. Um, and then Hemsworth, I, you know, like Ryan just said it really well, but he just, I remember watching Infinity War and my big takeaway was like, this was Thor's journey beginning to end. Like he just goes on such a compelling journey in that movie. And I was just thinking like, they can't, this can't be topped. Like he just goes on such a cool journey to the end of that movie. And then in Endgame, they managed to top it. Like, I agree with you, Ryan. I I, I don't love a lot of like the the fat centric jokes that are made in, in Endgame. It's not a great look, but Despite that, I mean, his his I, I think in general, there should be more failure arcs in superhero movies because they're so damn compelling. Like we don't always win. And I love that Hemsworth and Thor has to deal with that and has to learn how to accept that like he 
is going to fail and he's going to fuck up sometimes. And like, he, ha- I love that he gets that lesson from his own mother in, in the, you know, like the flashback or the, the time travel to Thor the Dark World. Like, it's just a beautiful, beautiful moment. And then seeing him, yeah, at the end of the, the movie kind of re- get, regaining his confidence and, and, you know, fighting alongside his Avengers is just really great. Um, all that being said, though, I, I do have to stick with Chadwick because, like, like I said, like he he just commands Phase Three. I mean, he comes out of the scene in the very first movie of the Phase in Civil War, manages to have the most compelling arc in a movie that's full of Avengers, which is not an easy thing to do. Um, and then when we see him again in, in in Black Panther, like he just immediately like becomes like a, a seminal part of the MCU with that role. Um, one thing I love about that too is that in that movie, it's not just about him coming into his own as a superhero. Like it's about him challenging things that he's held to be true his entire life. Like one of my favorite scenes in, I don't want to spoil because it might be brought up for like the next award, <laughs> but uh, the scene of him after he's learned everything about Killmonger confronting his father in the ancestral plane. Like it's just a phenomenal, just beautifully acted scene. And I love that we get that as this, as the hero of the movie. Like he is a person who has to challenge like everything he's believed growing up, um, and he's just he plays it perfectly. And it, you know, it's 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 bittersweet because this is the only phase in which we got Chadwick. You know, not counting What If and, and Phase Four, but and that's really hard. It's a hard pill to swallow now. But I think that is also just a testament to how big of an impact he left to be in only one phase you and still be a fan favorite um so yeah i, I gotta i gotta vote for chadwick because he just from the beginning ended the all of phase three um but great great noms all, all across the board so we're in agreement uh t'challa takes the w yes indeed all right and the winner is Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. Our next award is Part of the Journey is the End, also known as Best Memory. Here are your nominations. That's right, Best Memory. Uh, lots of great moments and scenes in phase three of the MCU. Uh, it's gonna be a jam-packed category, I can tell. So Morgan, kick us off. What's your nominee for the Best Memory? Okay. My best memory is an end game when um, Kat picks up Mjolnir. It was electric, like literally electric. There was so much excitement in a theater. I, I was there on opening night, naturally, because I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> um, and when he managed to pick up Mjolnir, who... I want to point out, we all assumed that maybe he could in Age of Ultron, but didn't because he didn't want to hurt Thor's feelings. Or maybe he wasn't quite ready. It's open to interpretation. But regardless, when he pissed at Mjolnir at the right well at the end, like during the seminal. Whatever. Um, the end fight for um, Endgame. It was amazing. It was perfect. It made me feel so proud of the 
Oh my. Okay, Brian, you are noise. Sorry, what? Sorry, Ryan, you, oh, there we go. He's muted. All right. Sorry, guys. Uh, there was a burst of background noise. Um, I, I got very emotional when he picked up the, picked up Mjolnir. It, it was perfect. It was amazing. It was, everything I knew was true about Cap. He was worthy the whole time. He was. He's a pure, amazing soul. And I am 1,000% biased. But when he picked up Mjolnir, I just was vindicated. I knew he was the perfect man. The man that doesn't exist in the real world, really. (laughs) But, yeah, it was... It was amazing. And then his fight with Thanos. Those those few minutes. Um, those few minutes where he is fighting and just his tactical expertise is amazing to watch him fight with someone who doesn't have his level of expertise. Even Thanos was getting his butt kicked by, well, and you're mortal. So I love it. All right. Uh, that's one nom for Cat picking up Mjolnir. Anna, what's getting your nom for the best memory? <sighs> so I've got a couple of options here, and I'm debating on what I'm going with. So, torn between Yandu Sundoff and Guardians 2 and the snap. And I think I'm going to go with the snap because even though I did not see Infinity War in theaters, um, I remember all of my friends who are super big into the MCU just bogging out like the minute they left the theater right like it was all over social media it was this huge thing and then you had to wait literally a year and I remember when I was watching this um and I was live tweeting Morgan the whole time she told me I had to wait a year (laughs) to watch Endgame instead of like watching it like right after um and I think that really had such a large cultural impact because we lost really half of the MCU and a lot of people's favorite characters were missing and we didn't know if they were gone, if they were coming back. It it basically blew up pop culture for a year, right? We just didn't know where things stood. Um, And then obviously it all got resolved in the end game, but just because there was such a large lead time between movies and it was so shocking, especially with Peter's, uh, Mr. Stark, I don't want to go, right? You just, oh, my sweet little baby angel Peter. That was devastating. Uh, so yeah, I gotta go with the snap. Brian, what's getting that nom for best memory? Okay, so before I pick that, real quick, um, that last part that Anna said um, reminded me of uh, <laughs> the binge mode episode of Infinity War and how 
um, throughout this season, um, whenever a character died, they played Peter saying, I don't feel so good. And so that stretch where everybody dies and they just play it back to back to back just (laughs) killed me when I listened to it. Um, that being said, there's two, uh, that I am just really torn between, and I think I am going to go with you, the happy one versus the one that just really is emotionally gutting, and that is, um, Thor arriving in Wakanda during Infinity War. Just, like, even to this day, like, it still gives me chills, um... When you think Thor is dying and you see Groot um, just sad and then um, the Avengers are about to get overrun um, and then you just see the the rainbow bridge and the lightning strike and Thor coming in with Rocket and Groot and the Avengers theme just playing and then you see just like the reactions from all the characters like especially nat and then steve uh with sort of like the wry smile on his face and then bruce just popping out of the hulkbuster suit saying you guys are really screwed now and then just the the bring me thanos and um the the thunder drop it's it's just like uh it's it's such a like fan-pleasing moment um uh, but it delivers and and like i said i get i get chills every time uh watching that scene so All right, three phenomenal, iconic nominees. Um, I'll go ahead and go with it because, Anna, you said that you were torn between two with the snap and this other one. I, yeah, so it's no secret how much I love the Guardians movies and especially Guardians 2. So I'm going to go with Yondu's send-off slash funeral in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, I, you know, for the next award, I'll, I'll save until the next award to really wax poetic about why I love this movie so much, but I... I think this moment in particular is just why I love these movies in general. It, it, we we get really phenomenal crowd-pleasing moments like the ones y'all are talking about or shocking moments like The Snap, and I love those, but I also just really, really love when these movies take the quiet moments and just go for some really character-driven stuff. Um, and that's the Yondu send-off for me. Like, I, for one, you know, Guardians always have, they always have, phenomenal needle drops and of course they have the the needle needle drop of father and son by cat stevens which really sums up kind of the theme of the movie with you know peter and ego and also peter and yondu and um yeah you just get like the snippets of of gamora saying goodbye to nebula and and then all of the the ravagers showing up for yondu's funeral like it's something that you didn't really know what happened and like my favorite moment in all of that is like Craglin's reaction I mean Sean Gunn is just such an underrated actor and just like the pure joy on his face when he realizes that like it wasn't for nothing and like people still cared about Yondu is just a really really beautiful moment and it's just yeah it hits every every time um I love the movie for a lot of reasons but that that moment is just so resonant and really powerful and I think it like caps off a really emotional movie um yeah, so that's that's gonna be my nom. Four fantastic nominees, though. A lot of honorable mentions left for grabs that we can talk about. But before, let's get to some voting. So, Ryan, what's getting your vote for best memory? Ah, uh, Jesus, that's really tough. Like you said, there are four great nominees. Um, I'll see Cap finally lifting Mjolnir is fantastic. Um, 
the the sap is is just so important and was just so like devastating in real time like i just remember i i did see infinity war in the theater and just i was just like shell-shocked leaving even though obviously like i know okay like most or at least some of these characters are coming back but just like the way the emotional journey it went on was great um yeah uh i'm, I'm really torn between yondu's funeral and the one that i chose um i think i'm gonna go with mine the thor arriving in wakanda um but Yondu's funeral is really great. Um, there, I mean, there are really just so many memories. I have like a full page written down on my list. The the one honorable mention I really want to highlight, and it's the one that I almost chose, and I'm even now just sort of regretting not choosing it. But it's um, when Killmonger sees uh, Injobu um, when he eats the herb and he um, tries to go to the ancestors' lands, um, but he is un- successful. They can they can see it from the apartment out the window, but they can't get there. And it's just that's one of the reasons why it's just um, it's so so heart wrenching that um, because of circumstances, um, both you know partly because of his heart, but also because of um, you know what happened to them they're they're unable to get all the way there um it's it's a great scene from sterling k brown and um just just some of the quotes you know the one that i already mentioned um no tears for me uh, everybody dies around here but also um one that was suggested by friend of the pod hannah um where michael b jordan says you know maybe your homes is the one that's lost maybe that's why we can't get there um, it's it's just such a, a devastating scene, and and you can see why, even though he does all the terrible things that he does, you know, why Killmonger feels this way, and obviously it's just a, you know a larger um, thought on on sort of the black experience and and how that um, how that is felt by so many, um, and unfortunately in in a lot of ways how so many are treated so poorly, so. Uh, that's that's the honorable mention I want to throw in there. But yeah, my, my vote is for Thor and Wakanda. All right, that's one vote. Uh, Anna, what's getting your vote for best memory? First of all, how am I supposed to follow up that beautiful TED Talk Ryan just did? Like, how? Come on, dude. Um, no, seriously, I... See, now I'm, like, pissed off at myself because I didn't pick a Black Panther scene. Because that whole movie is just perfection. But I think I am going to stick with the snap, my own nomination. All right, that's one, uh, two noms for Infinity War, one for Thor, and one for the snap. Morgan, what is getting that vote? Goodness. I'm gonna stick with Cap picking up the hand, picking up Mjolnir. I mean, all right. So from a fan perspective, I've I've seen all of these on opening night in the theater, and what has gotten the biggest roar has been Cap picking up Mjolnir. Um, my honorable mentions include. Cap emerging at the train station, which got a, a thunderous applause again. And on your left by um, by Falcon. 
at the beginning of that in-game fight, those were epic moments. And, you know, one of my good memories is also Cap holding the helicopter. We all know I'm extremely biased towards uh, Mr. Christopher Evans. Um, but regardless, like, good scenes. But still, I, I got chills when he picked up Mjolnir. I can't, I can't say no to that. I loved Black Panther. Amazing movie. Amazing movie. Um, so many amazing things there. But I'm sticking with my vote, my pick of Cat picking up Mjolnir. All right, three-way split again. Um, yeah, fantastic noms. I just want to throw out a couple quick honorable mentions. Um, there's a small moment in Spider-Man Homecoming. I, I have broadcasted very loudly how I feel about that movie. I'm not a big fan, but there's a moment where um, Peter is kind of trapped under this rubble and has this kind of hero moment where he sees himself in the reflection, sees his mask, and starts to you know, lift up the rubble, and it's this incredible, like, him becoming Spider-Man kind of moment. And I, I used to be like saying like, come on, Spider-Man, come on, Spider-Man. It's just this really incredible triumphant moment. Um, I also wanted to mention, uh, I alluded to it before, but T'Challa confronting his father in the ancestral plane in Black Panther, it kind of, you know, is a mirror to the one that Ryan mentioned um, with, uh, with Killmonger and his father, um, just a really, really emotional and kind of devastating scene. And also just lit and like cinematography is phenomenal. Um, and then one more Spider-Man one from Far From Home, the scene where Mysterio, I just wrote, I typed Mysterio fucks with Spidey, <laughs> but the entire sequence where he is just like fucking with his head and all of the illusions that he's showing him, fantastic stuff. Like that is just such a cool visual treat um, and really establish like Mysterio as a great threat to Spider-Man. Um, that being said, yeah, all four of these noms are phenomenal, just incredible, like, Cap wielding Mjolnir is like the ultimate payoff, I think, in the MCU. Um, we all knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know when. And I think that when it happened, it was a, a huge moment. Um, and that's really why, like, we love these movies. I mean, they're, they're movies made for the movie theater. And I remember seeing Endgame in the theater and just my theater was going ballistic when this happened. <laughs> um yeah, it's phenomenal. And then the same thing with Thor, with him arriving in Wakanda. Like I said, like he has such a great arc in the movie and then him arriving on the scene with Alan Silvestri's theme kind of blaring in the background. It's just a really incredible moment. Um, I love that Ryan mentioned the Bruce Banner moment because that's the one that just always gets me. Like, that's us as the fans. Just like, yeah, you guys are screwed now. Like, it's just such a human moment. And I, I love it. It's fantastic. Um, and then the snap is just like, yeah, that, that is a harrowing theater moment. Like, it's such a parallel to these other things where, like, they're crowd pleasers. And that one, like I said, when I saw the movie, I could hear a pin drop in the theater. I mean, it was dead silent, and none of us knew what was coming next. We just were so shocked about the fact that they went through with that, like, effectively killing off half of their roster, at least for the time being. And it was just, it was a really, really phenomenal moment. Um, but, yeah, I... I I think I'm actually going to vote for that. I, I, I love the Yondi funeral, and I mentioned why I love that so much, but I think the snap is just one that, to this day, is such a defining moment in pop culture, not even just in the MCU, not just in like movies, but just 
across pop like I, I had friends who didn't even know what Marvel was and like we're not watching these movies that were retweeting memes about the snap <laughs> like th- this thing reached just all across pop culture and and affected everyone and it was just such a like like shocking moment in in the movie um so that gets my vote um Ryan did you have something about that yeah um real quick one honorable mention that I forgot but I, I really want to bring up um I have similar feelings uh, to you Kyle about Spider-Man Homecoming um and I, I know Marvel doesn't do a lot of uh, jump scare moments, but when Peter goes to pick up Liz for her date and he uh, opens the door and he finds out that Vulture is her, her father, I, that's just like a oh. holy shit moment for me. That was just like, yeah, whoa. And yeah, that I mean, if we if we were able to pick more than four, that that definitely uh, would have been one of my choices because it's just such a wow, like oh shit moment. Yeah, that's incredible stuff. Um. All right, I think we have a winner. Oh, totally agree with that. I just want to um, point out. Also, I agree with you about. Um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, We're gonna so talk off, uh, daydreaming about Cap, which is nothing new. <laughs> I know. Like, just mentioned something that I had in my notes, and I'm like, crap, where did it go? I think we're all delirious because we've been potting for like four hours now. Yeah. I don't well, know. Kyle and I have uh, been potting on and off all day, so we're still going yeah. strong, baby. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and I've been personally victimized like three times. It's true. Anna's been attacked on all fronts. And it, it just attacked at, at all ends, and she's still standing strong. Honestly, I am personally just shocked that nobody picked uh, Tony's death as best memory. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, but- it was memorable, and I cried, but... <sighs> I just remember Morgan telling me I was pretty much, like, a crazy person because I didn't cry at all in Infinity and Endgame. <laughs> it's true. I still think you're crazy for not crying anywhere in Endgame. No, you're not. You are not soulless. You are not without emotion. So I don't understand. I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's hear that winner. All right. And our winner is The Snap. And now here are your nominees for Game of the Year. Game of the year, the big one, the final award, our favorite movie. There are 11 movies in phase three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a lot to cover. And and what is your nominee for the uh, game of the year? Okay, so my nominee for game of the year is Infinity War, just because of the shock value, and it really started to bring up all the setup for Endgame, obviously. Um, I mean, you're seeing Thor wind up in Wakanda. You know, you're seeing, like, the battle on Titan. And you're really starting to see this crossover converge. And I think the way that it was done was, it was beautiful. You had some really witty one-liners. I No notes. Fantastic. And I enjoyed it a lot more than Endgame. 
All right, one nom for uh, Infinity War. Ryan, what's getting that nom? Yeah, um, a lot of good options here. Um, obviously, we've we've talked about these movies ad nauseum so far, so I'm not really going to say much, but uh, I'm just going to go with Black Panther. Um, I just think it's uh, spectacular um, for its performances, uh, for its costumes, um, for the action, uh, for representation, um, just for everything, just really good from from start to finish amen that's a nom for black panther uh morgan what's getting that nom well i'm gonna go with the obvious choice and choose um endgame it is everything we wanted everything we expected and well some things we didn't expect but it was amazing um let's start with the needle drops i'm sorry but that movie picked some some songs that weren't even really in the popular zeitgeist and they exploded them into um the norm um and they're amazing songs i mean dear mr fantasy so amazing um doom and gloom by the rolling stones are you kidding me like that those songs are amazing um we start with rescuing tony stark well, captain marvel finding him as he's about to die bringing him home after watching him with nebula uh you know flicking uh paper Oh, footballs, you know, um, Figgy ball, Figgy football. Sorry, I can't think of the name of her right now. Um, and her winning, and it's amazing how he's, God, connecting with her on a human level, which as much as I criticize Tony, he's great at connecting with people, and he does it really well with Nebula in this moment. And then she, you know, um, he he records this really touching moment for P Pepper and then puts him in his seat. And then Captain Marvel finds them, takes them home, and he makes this really devastating statement of, I lost the kid to Cap. It's very sad. And, um, you know, yada, yada, yada. A lot goes on in this movie. But Tony figures out time travel and a way to fix it. <laughs> and they do it, and it works. And though it's not painless and without casualties, they manage to snap everybody back to um, reality from the from five years ago. And then... There's this epic battle with everyone. Avengers Assemble, maybe. Um, it's everyone. Um, Doctor Strange and the other, um, I don't know what you call them, the wizards? <laughs> um, create portals, bring everybody back. And we get the iconic on your left. 
after Cap has been wielding Mjolnir. And the epic battle when Iron Man snaps his fingers, sacrificing himself to kill Thanos. It is everything we wanted. It is the ultimate culmination of Phase 3. It is wonderful. All right, that's a nom for Avengers Endgame. Uh, let's see, we have a nom for Infinity War, a nom for Black Panther, and a nom for Endgame. Um, I'm going to go with one that I know is not going to win, but it's just one that is really special to me. It's my favorite movie in all of the MCU, not even just Phase 3, um, and that is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, I just I simply adore this movie. Um, we talked a lot about the first one on Phase 2 and why it's such a special movie. And I think this one really expounds on a lot of the reasons that's a special movie. I think that, um, you know, I I think the found family trope has been done so much, and that's why we love a lot of these stories. And I think Guardians does that trope better than a lot of different stories. And it works because they all genuinely seem to hate each other at points, like especially in volume two. You know, a lot of it stems from Rocket just pushing all of the Guardians away and, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I, I found that to be a really relatable uh, character trait. And I think that that's why he's my favorite MCU character. And I just, I think the way they handled that, along with Peter's, you know, arc with his dad and Yondu and the father son kind of parallels there. And, um, you know, we get some great additions to the MCU with, with uh, Mantis. Yeah. I, I was close to nominating her for the Wallflower Award. I wish we could have seen more of her. Um, but she's great. Uh, you know, Ego makes an incredible villain because he's just an absolutely despicable character. Um, it's just a movie that is just full of character and personality and that really bleeds through into like every frame. So it's not one that I think is going to win, but I, I just had to give it a shout because it is my favorite uh, MCU movie. Um, all right. So that's four noms for four fantastic movies. Let's go to Ryan. What's getting your vote for that? That dub. Yeah, like you said, they are four fantastic movies. Um, it's really hard to choose. Um, but I'm going to go with Infinity War. Um, I I think it is the the best uh, movie of the phase, um, the, the best Avengers movie. Um, I think it, um, it introduces Thanos, and he's just a home run as a villain um it it puts together some really interesting pairings um tony and dr strange uh, and spider-man are are great um thor with the guardians is fantastic um we get bearded cap which is incredible um and then you know we get him and and uh, uh his crew um going to wakanda um and it, it really, um, you know, we're all sort of nervous going in, you know, are they going to be able to make it work combining all of these characters into a movie uh, and then two movies with Endgame? But um, I think they really knocked it out of the park, out of the park with Infinity War. And so that is uh, my choice. Um, I do want to give a, um honorable mention to Thor Ragnarok. Um, we, we all know that I'm a Ragnarok stan, and um, I, I do feel like that deserves a mention um but i i do think that the four that were picked as the nominees were were the clearly the best ones um but yeah i'm going with infinity war all right that's a vote for infinity war morgan what's getting your vote 
I'm going to stick with Endgame, but I do want to give many honorable mentions to Black Panther, which was a fucking amazing movie. I love that movie. I have watched it so many times in Infinity War. Um, I feel like Infinity War and Endgame are almost like a bulk deal. You can't watch one without the other. It just doesn't make sense. But I also want to give an award for honorable mention to Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. That movie was so fun and just new. Um, This was, I mean, after, I mean, we got a brief glimpse of him in Civil War, but this was his first entry into MCU. This was so exciting at the time, and I loved watching it. Um, I still love watching it. There's not a moment that I don't love watching Spider-Man Homecoming. So I do want to give a little shout out to that movie, but I'm going to stick with my end game. Um, we're talking about game of the year, the movie that meant the most. And I don't, uh, that made, the, it meant the most to the franchise and the overall scheme of things. And Endgame does that in so many ways. All right, that's a vote for Endgame. A vote for, in, I'm sorry, uh, and through a vote for Infinity War. Um, Anna, what's getting your vote? I am going to vote for Infinity War, but it is a close tie for second between Ragnarok and Black Panther. All right, that's a vote for, you said Endgame? I'm sorry. Infinity War. Infinity War. I apologize. All right, two votes for Infinity War, one for Endgame. Um, Infinity War is going to win regardless, but I will throw a vote to, uh, towards Black Panther because I think it is such an important movie. And yeah, uh, Ryan really laid out uh, why it's such a fantastic movie really well. And I think it's just, uh, yeah, a fantastic movie. Really rewatchable, honestly. Um, that gets my vote. But uh, I'm totally okay with Infinity War getting the dub because it is just such an ambitious crossover and really nails it. Um, yeah, so that gets the dub. And the winner is for Game of the Year, Infinity War. All right, that is our final award, and that is our Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 3 Effies. Oh man, what a journey. We we did it. We made it through all th- uh, three phases of the MCU. Um, what felt like all three phases of this podcast, but we're here. We made it. Um, fantastic stuff as always. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Do you have any final thoughts on just the phase or uh, for the folks at home? Um, yeah, I guess just like I said in the beginning, um, phase three um, just delivered on every level, um, expanding the, the type of stories that you could tell, um, expanding the diversity of the cast, of the directors, um, of the characters, uh, while simultaneously telling a great and um, combined story that really flowed together. And, uh, you know, all of us, and including Morgan, have put it really nailed the ending in Endgame. Um, it's just, you know, uh, I, 
I guess this is um, sort of a response to uh, a podcast, um, the, the big picture, which I was listening to about Top Gun and they were complaining about sort of the serialization of these stories. And it's fair, like you can have your like cinematic criticisms of franchise movies, but um, they, they really deliver for a lot of the people that really love these stories for all the good reasons. And so um, I'm really glad that we got... Um, a phase that was um, as impactful and also just as cinematically good as it was. Well, well said, sir. Uh, Morgan, your final thoughts on the phase, uh, phase three of the MCU. Well, like I said in the beginning, they just nailed it. They, they, they landed it. And I just want to say, because I know this movie was widely panned, but Captain Marvel is, fun i don't know why people are so negative about it i i get some aspects are a little um well campy but (laughs) it's a superhero movie it's fun it's enjoyable you got i'm sorry there are so many great actors in this movie and brie larson kills it i adore her i think the criticism is um honestly targeted more than justified so i'm gonna say that it is a good movie and i know that it may not be at the top of the marvel list like but um, it's a it's a high bar to get to the top of that list so um I just, I want to make sure I convey my love of that movie. So all I have to say is higher, further, faster, baby. And good night. All right, Anna, any final thoughts on phase three? I really hope I don't get this attacked in phase four. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't get oh for a lot, I don't. <laughs> I'm glad that Morgan brought up Captain Marvel because I, I do think it is a good movie and it got a lot of unjustified hate. And um, I, I am sad that uh, we didn't mention it as much on this pod as uh, we should have. But yeah. Yeah, uh, I echo everything everyone has said about phase three. It's a big, ambitious phase and they really stuck a landing with uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. Um, we appreciate you hanging in and listening to us give out some awards to uh, this last phase of the MCU. This has been a blast to do. We appreciate you uh, listening and we hope you will continue to listen in the next couple of weeks. We've got a really fun couple weeks coming up. Um, next week is really a fun kind of throwback draft that Anna and Damon and I uh, are planning with uh, basically our dream road trip buddies draft. We're going to be building a a road trip with fictional characters. It's going to be chaotic as hell. I can already tell it's going to be fun. Um, That'll be followed by uh, a friendly takeover. Some friends of the pod are going to be taking over the podcast for a week. We're not going to talk too much about details because we want it to be a surprise, but we are very, very excited about that episode. And then to round out June, um, we are going to be giving you the effies for uh, Star Wars' new series, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. Very excited about that. The show has been really promising so far, so we're very hyped. Um, Yeah, but as always, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you all next week. This is what we do. Thank you.